Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Movies on the Rocks. I'm here, your boy Tomas, also known as Bebel. On the on the on the line, we also have Goody, my brother, of course. Hello. And of course, we have our friend, your friend, my friend, Derek. What's up, everybody? All right, and so like so as we said before, this week we um we are going to be of course drinking our alcohol. Um as always, I am drinking my big ass bottle of Kraken. It's just a running gag at this point. Um I'm drinking Kraken <laughs> until everything is basically done. Uh, until I get every last drop of this bottle out of out of, out of into my out of this fucking thing and into my pores. Um and then um Goody, what are you drinking tonight? Uh tonight I uh, decided a little earlier when I had a little bit of delivery of um, from, I don't remember what it was, Total Wine? I don't know. Uh, I tried to try something out, and it is the Captain Morgan Private Stock. Uh, I've had it on the rocks. It's not too bad, um, especially considering it's Captain Morgan. Um, but I'm having it with the, uh, just doing it with the Coke, because that's how I want to do it right now. It's a little rum and Coke, Captain Morgan Private Stock and Coke, a little spiced rum action here oh nice and uh derek what are you partaking what libations are you uh ingesting at the moment well we all know that i'm a a basic bitch as it all goes so uh i found a new flavor of mike's hard lemonade except for mike's hard pineapple mandarin lemonade Ooh, look at you yeah mandarin trying new things going crazy going crazy oh my god Wow, you are basic. Okay, so anyways, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. It's 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 each his own. To each his own. Anyways, uh, um, as always, Goody, please continue. Let's go ahead with the disclaimer. All right. Well, as always, everyone, uh, remember this podcast uh, is one in which I'm an adult. My brother's an adult. Uh, Derek's an adult, and so we think so. We think we're adults at least. Yeah. Well, I mean, I- we portray one. <laughs> Legally, according to the letter of the law. We I play one on TV or whatever. All right. The point is... I may, I may not be one, but I did stay at a Holiday Inn, so... There, yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, the point is that, uh, as such, uh, sometimes things can get a little bit explicit with language, and so just please uh, make sure that, it, you know, if, if in any way that we offend anyone, uh, we just want to apologize right now, because, of course, that's never going to be our intention. This is meant to be just a lot of fun and a place to kind of relax and and decompress and so uh but again yes if we do offend you um then we do apologize ahead of time and like i said uh it is never our intention to do so uh furthermore uh as the name doesn't imply it tells you moves on the rocks uh there is going to be and now we just already kind of covered some consumption of alcohol uh during the course of this and so if uh that is something that is to your liking uh we invite you you know crack a cold one open or warm one if you're into that i guess i don't know uh, but either way, join us. Uh, enjoy the time together. We're all having a nice little time. Uh, it's like just having a drink with your friends. But as always, uh, please, 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 uh, if there are, uh, make sure you're doing so responsibly and in accordance with all of the laws and regulations and laws of the land of which you are going, coming from, listening from. So if there is a minimum age requirement for alcohol, please make sure you do meet any and all legal requirements that allow you to do so. And uh, there we are. All right. Thanks a lot, Goody. All right. Uh, is uh, Derek, is there anything else you want to say, dude? Yeah. Yeah. So um, anyone listening, uh, we appreciate you guys joining us here, you know, every other week where we've got these releases going out. Um, 
we're, we're well aware, I'm sure as you are, there's lots of things going on in the world right now that are just uh, upsetting, they're, they're disheartening, and there's things that need to be corrected with the way that our country's been working lately. But uh, we want to try and let this space, this podcast, be uh, kind of a release from that, somewhere to clear your head, somewhere to get away from it. Um, you know, because, you know, come tomorrow morning, we're all going to have to go back to fighting for uh, the things that are fair, the things that are right. But for the next hour and a half, two hours, join us, relax, clear your head. Um, like we said, you know, if you're, if it's legal where you're at, crack open a beer, have a drink or something like that so we can all relax and enjoy some comedic ramblings. And crazy ass tangents. Oh, yeah, there, there, there will be plenty of those, I'm sure. But for all sorts of purposes, we want to make sure that everybody understands that we do. Um, we, oh, so what's the word I'm looking for, man? We we are. Oh. I think I think we stand by the movements that are out yes. there right now. We, um, we do, we do, we, the, do. we are standing the, the by motions, the motions. The motions to to have equality for everybody. We full heartedly support all three of us. So, um, yeah, as long as you're doing it safely and not hurting anybody else. Uh, which has been the problem thus far as people are getting hurt when it's not fair. Um, we want to stand by that. So uh, if you're curious of our stance, I think that's where I and Tomas and Gutiérrez stand. Yes, indeed. And that's it, man. That's it. That's all we wanted to say. So come like, like, uh, like, like Mr. Rogers says, come on boys and girls. Right, don't so, you be my neighbor. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Always. I don't, I don't know if that was actually a really good direct quote, but you know, whatever. Anyway, you, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. You do you. I do me. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, but uh, as always, first thing we're going to start off with is with the news. So as always, as I say, Goody, take us to the news desk. News of the day. News of the day. Over the last two weeks, whatever it might be. All right. Give me, that, so, give me that mid-Atlantic accent, boy. Yeah. Fake-ass mid-Atlantic accent. There we are. Um, all right. So the – well, first of all, uh, on this day in which we're recording, um, which is, from what I can see, it is June the 4th, um, a couple of things. A couple of things have come out. Um, first of all, uh, one of the things that's kind of sort of, you know, well, especially near and dear to my heart is the fact that uh, there is going to be a new – Star Wars VR experience. Now, this is kind of a little bittersweet to me, but let me give the background and then I'll tell you why it's a little bittersweet for me. But anyway, it's a new Star Wars VR experience that apparently is going to tie in directly with the the new, or new-ish, I guess. It's, it's going to be about a year soon, but uh, Galaxy's Edge section of uh, the parks, of the Disney parks. Um, oh, yeah. Disneyland and Disney World. Um, the idea is that uh, it's going to be one in which... And then, so I don't... It's going to be in this VR game. It's like you are going to have this opportunity to kind of live the story, be part of the story, uh, in which it's a game that takes place in the on the planet in the uh, Black Spire outpost, which is sort of like the setting for the um, for the section in Disneyland and Disney World. Uh, and you'll be like meeting characters, uh, apparently both new characters and also characters from the uh, the movies and, and and other media. So it's like you're going to be seeing new and old characters, uh, being exposed to that, and you're going to have your own kind of experiences and adventures um, all through your kind of virtual virtual reality headset and that kind of you know whatever service you're using for that. Um, 
and it's going to be one in which you know the, you know the big quote they like to throw around for this is that it's going from storytelling to story living is kind of what they're going for. Um, now, apparently, there's going to be some way in which, at least from what I've read, some way it's the way I interpret it, some way in which you can uh, carry the experiences you have in the VR section in their game somehow to the park. Although I don't know if that was totally clear. I, mean, I might just be kind of like uh, misunderstanding what they wrote uh, in the different articles I've read about it. But it seemed like, and, and, and how they would pull that off, I have no idea. Um, but, you know. It seems it sounds like, to me like if they're trying to introduce new characters, they're probably trying to avoid paying royalties for old characters. Yeah. Although, who would they be paying royalties to? Well, isn't it like the, the likeness of um, Harrison Ford and all that stuff? Well, I mean, well, he's not going to be an issue because this apparently this, this VR game experience takes place between Last Jedi and Return of Skywalker. And so... I mean, unless they want to use him in a flashback or something, but well, I don't know how that works exactly because I remember growing up, like all the novels covers had all of the uh, the likenesses of the people from the movies, you know. Um, and I guess That's they just paid- probably pre-negotiated. This is probably new material, so well, yeah. no, it's all, it's I mean, I could even of- see it doing something along the lines of like if you think about like Frank Oz, right, and Yoda. So yeah. that that's somebody who is a you know a force spirit and could easily be guiding our new Jedi player through whatever, you know, experience that they're in, you know, or even if we talk about like Kylo or Ray, those characters have likeness rights that probably would have to be sourced. And I'm sure like everything else, Disney's trying to minimize their cost to optimize profit, you know? These are characters owned by Disney, yeah, right? Exactly. So like, do they need to have like le- actors likeness. I mean, unless they've already negotiated that they're going to be like uses like the you know this is how much you're going to cut. You're going to get likenesses. Have, they already have their likenesses in a lot of the video games, like the like the, like the for one in particular, Star Wars pinball, or even Galaxy Heroes. They have everybody's likenesses in the games, so they've probably I feel already. Like, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know the legalities behind it, but I feel like they have to. They own the character, but I don't think they own the likeness unless it was on the original contract. So in those scenarios, like it's the same way that if you looked at some of those like um, super low budget Avengers games, like for mobile on like iPhone and Android, mm-hmm. they don't really look like, um, you know, uh, God, Mark Ruffalo, or they don't look like um, Jesus, who is they look more like the comic book characters, not so much the MCU characters. Robert Downey Jr. That's what I was thinking about. Yeah, exactly. They're they're a generic version of who the comic book character was because that likeness they own. But for a celebrity, a human, you know, whenever they like that new Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven or whatever the hell it's called with Keanu Reeves in it, he's he's paid a lot of money for his likeness to play that character. Otherwise, they could have just created a new character from scratch you know, to, to make it popular, but that wouldn't have gone as far. I'm sure they see a residual, I mean, of some kind. That they get I mean, it would on. stand to reason, if anything else, they can start from scratch, minimize their costs to, well, even if you had the likeness rights, you still have to recreate the likeness, and that's harder to do than to create a character from scratch, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, any rate, this uh, VR experience... Um, I mean, it's along with everything else they're doing here, right? Because like Disney's got all kinds of stuff. Like, there's a new season of Mandalorian they're they're going through or or need to start or I don't know how it's going to work now uh, with delays. The Disney Gallery thing. 
apparently they have like two animated series that they're ramping up also on. So, I mean, Star Wars is going to be, you know, they have a lot of stuff going on in Star Wars. And this is just one more thing um, where people are going to be able to um, experience it. And it's kind of, kind of neat because you're experiencing it in a place that then you could actually go and physically go to and be in and kind of like inhabit that space, which is, you know, a very cool idea. Um, I mentioned earlier, it was kind of bittersweet for me. And, and the reason is because, um, well, it's going to be a VR game. Uh, and I just honestly have really no interest in VR in my life. Like I really don't. I mean, I don't want to spend the money for an Oculus Quest or an Oculus. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to spend the money to upgrade or actually, I mean, I'm not going to upgrade my laptop to do VR. I'm definitely not going to you know, buy a, a desktop to do it. I mean, it's just, it's just something that's never, nor do I have, feel like, you know, getting the the accessory, the peripheral for um, my PlayStation to do it. So it's just going to be something that, you know, yeah, this is interesting. It's a really cool idea. I'd love to see it. Um, but I'm probably just going to wait for, wait to hear about it. Maybe I'll never see it or experience it. And I don't know, because I'm not so interested in VR, I really don't have a problem with that. So... I so think, maybe it's not quite as bittersweet as I thought it was. It's just going to be whatever. But there yeah, it it'll just it'll just fly past us by it's the years, a, it's, right? It's a, it's kind of a meh. I mean, I had I had some older versions of VR whenever it was very much so in its infancy, and I thought it was the coolest shit ever. I loved it. It was so awesome. I think the first time it like, came out, are you out, talking like Lawnmower Man kind of VR, like that old mm, school? No, wow. not quite that far back. <laughs> Wow, okay. Sorry. Not sorry, a virtual boy. That. Okay. <laughs> no, the um the, there was uh Google had some kind of entry level daydream type VR thing and it, it was it was low cost and I thought it was the coolest shit ever. I think I spent like the first two or three sessions, like two or three hours a time. But after that I never picked it up. And so it must not be enough of an experience for me to personally enjoy it to one of going get you know a playstation or an xbox that i can do it on or or build a pc rig that can you know run the kind of graphics that i would need with the latency and whatnot so i mean it's cool i'll probably try it if somebody else has it but i don't know that i'll invest in it myself all right um my next uh bit of news here uh has to do with something a little bit more uh near and dear to my heart not so much movies but it is a game coming up uh it actually has to do with the revival of a game that i played a long time ago uh and it is well it has to do with the game that came out called um the kingdoms of amalur reckoning um now this game what i'm thinking of is well, what i'm talking about here is this is a game that, that came out i think it was in 2012 um so like not just even current console generation but like pre to this right prior to ps3 when I played it. Um, and it was one of those games that was really great, really amazing. I loved it. Um, but it's one of the most underrated RPGs uh, out there. And, I, and I'm, I'm saying this because, I mean, in, in recent time, you know, ever since I've gotten kind of more into YouTube videos of different kind of gaming reviews and gaming sites and all of that, um, this is one of those games that does actually pop up quite a bit, more so than I expected. But one of those games that... Uh, not a, lot of, not a lot of people play, even though the game sold, I know it sold over a million copies, um, but it's one of those where it kind of like just, just went away. Now, part of the problem with that is that it was, there was, this is a game that had a lot of 
troubled development. I mean, it was a one game released by 38 Studios, which was that kind of that, that game studio that was started by Kurt Schilling. And, but it had this kind of dream team of guys around it. I mean, Kurt Schilling kind of was the money guy and he was a you know, baseball player and wanted to make a video game, apparently. Uh, and then you have, uh, you know, he got, and apparently, the, well, the story is that it was like he was at a party and all these figures were there, some event. And so he kind of got these guys together and was talking to them at this at this event. And he's like, hey, I want like to make a, a video cosplay game. cosplay type thing? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, is, this the game, is this the game that he dumped like all his money in? Yeah, this is that game that he did that. Oh, uh, he put a bunch of money in there and then now getting sued. Well, later on, I'll, I'll get to that. Anyway, so he goes to this and he's like, and he, and he is R.A. Salvatore, who is famous for the entire Forgotten Realms uh, series of, uh, of books and lore um, that's like been extremely influential in like Dungeons and Dragons campaigns and all that. Characters from there are a big deal. Um, and, you know, he wrote all these novels, tons of novels. Well, he has Ari Salvatore, who was there, going to write the lore for this thing, which Ari Salvatore apparently made a very extensive lore uh, background. Like, we're talking something like 10,000 years almost, like, like all this kind of lore, this huge lore he was building for this game. Uh, Tom McFarlane was there, uh, and he had clearly guided the art style of the, pro- of the whole game. Because if you watch, look at the game, look at the art style of the game, you see, you know, it's Tom McFarlane's look very much there. So he's part of the, and then there's also this guy named Ken Rolston who was involved in the development for um, for Morrowind, Elder Scrolls Three, and Elder Scrolls Four, uh, Oblivion. So like, it's kind of a real dream team group of guys make it's this like a who's who. It's like a who's who of RPG and and, and um, pop culture. Yeah, I know it was it, it was it's a really great sort of like you know background. You're like, man, what happened? Well, I mean, what happened is apparently there were some legal issues. I mean, they got you know some uh, funding from I believe it was the state of Rhode Island. Uh, who gave them a bunch of funding uh, for it, and then um, just things. It's just one of those where, like, it's kind of Wait, perfect. The state of Rhode Island decided to fund them. Well, it was okay. Not wasn't like decided to fund them, but it was one of those where they have like where you know entrepreneurial kind of funding they have for different things and different. Things. If you have the business there, they'll give you X number of mo- X amount of money and all of that. Oh, um, angel investors. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, where okay. they want you to, you know, they want you to have your business from their state. So they're going to give you like, make it easy for you to want to go there and stay there and all that. Oh, okay. Like tax cuts and stuff like, Oh, cool. cool. Yeah. Okay. So apparently it was, you know, it was a lot of money. Um, and to the point where it did not perform as well as they thought. And it was, it was very apparently a troubled development. Um, and so it did not go well, even though the, you know, the game sold over a million copies. Um, it's just one of those that did not perform well. And, and, and part of the troubling development of it was that it was originally intended to be, and um, an MMO, right? Uh, massive multiplayer online RPG. But then they changed their focus and decided to make it just a regular single player RPG, uh, third person kind of actiony RPG. But it's funny because when you, if, when I remember playing that game, and if you play it, it still has that look. Like they didn't like change the assets or the the look of it, so it still looks like a big MMO because it's sort of like it's a game where like if, I don't know if you guys ever played MMOs, but like if you play like World of Warcraft, it's these really big fields and really a really tall verticality like you go to a cave it's like massive ceilings three hours to get across a map yeah it's a really big they just got out the online play they just did the campaign and left that yeah essentially that's what they did and so when you play that game um even though single player but it definitely looks like an mmo because it's just so grand in its scale like big cities and big space i mean all of that stuff um 
great game, a lot of different play styles. It had a really cool concept where it was sort of like your character, when it starts off, when you make your character, it starts off as dead. Um, and then you get revived after this kind of experiment, these guys do that. And then essentially what it allows you to do is that you can build your character however you want. And there's plenty of opportunity to respec. So like you can make your character more fighting, more stealthy, more magic-y or, you know, mm, or somewhere in between. Okay. Like, it has a lot of options. It had a really cool character customization. And on top of that, also what I really enjoyed is the fact that one thing I don't like about some RPGs is when you make your character, customize them, all that, and then you never see them, right? Oh, or, yeah. Yeah, because it's you, just first person. Yeah, and you're like, all right, well, I spent all that time doing that. Or or when you do all that, and then when you get new items, but the character looks the same. Like, I put on this new cool armor, the best armor in the game, but it looked the same as I did when I first started, because it's just a static kind of skin. The worst. I yeah. remember it was like that with some of the... Uh, I was worried about that when I started playing World of Warcraft way back in the day. Yeah, so um, so that was great. I loved it. You could see your character, the, the way they looked developed, changed, all that stuff, the weapons, all that stuff. So it was great. Loved it. Um, it went into my backlog like a lot of things because it was just so big. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Anyway, loved the game. Underrated gem. Great. Well, it was just announced. Uh, at least I, and by just announced, meaning I just discovered it today, that the company that bought the rights to that game uh, back in, I believe it was 2016 or 2017, uh, has now announced that they are going to uh, release a remaster of that game. It's going to be, because the original game was called Kingdoms of, Am- Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. And now the remaster is going to be called Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning, which is like a lot of things. It's basically the base game along with any and all DLC con- you know, that came out with it, because that's how they tend to do with these kind of remasters. You get everything that the game came out with eventually over time uh and so yeah i mean they announced it uh it first was revealed in kind of like one of those quick like um digital storefront sort of like listings and then it was like delisted very quickly so you know but then people got the leak and they found out about it but then uh that's when they're like oh there's a thing yeah well then it was finally like you know officially admitted to uh by the company that makes it uh the developer where they kind of like released a little you know, tweeted out saying, yes, we're going to be making it. It's coming out. The rematch is coming out. Um, and so, yeah, they admitted to it. They, it's officially going to be coming out. Although apparently the release date, uh, which it was, like I said, the formal announcement was made by uh, THQ Nordic. Um, and it's going to be coming out for everything except, well, Xbox One, PS4, PC. Uh, and uh, apparently one source I read says they're actually coming out in August. So this would be kind of a very sudden development. Oh, yeah, like about. a shotgun release. Sounds like it. Um, here's hoping it's good and it's not a, not a dumpster fire, like, uh, not to trash on them, but like the Mafia 2 remaster I've been hearing about that I was kind of interested in doing because they're going to, you know, they're releasing the whole Mafia trilogy. Um, and apparently yeah, the Mafia 2 remaster. you're going to keep up with all these games, dude. You got so many of them that you keep wanting to play. Well, I mean, I want to, but it doesn't mean I'm going to eventually get out. Eventually... I probably, I probably won't, but we'll see. Anyway, we'll see if this one comes out, how that's going to go. But uh, yeah, so it looks like a nice little underrated gem might finally get its appreciation, I think. Uh, it deserves, um, and who knows, maybe it'll kind of like do well, and they'll decide they'll move on to a sequel where, you know, kind of revive plans to where it was, in a heading, or was originally heading to go. I don't know. Although one little fun fact, apparently it was such a bad experience with developing and all that. Uh, R.A. Salvatore, 
the guy with the whole lore and all that. And it just was not a great experience for him, I guess, because he apparently does not like to talk about it. Like he refuses to talk about, about the game and what went on in those days. So, um, I mean, anybody who lost money on this thing, which it sounds like a couple people did, uh, probably a touchy subject. I mean, yeah, Kurt Schilling went bankrupt on this thing. I mean, he lost everything, dude. Yeah. All right. Well, um, Cool. You guys have anything? anything on yeah, I've got one. Um, so, to anyone out there who's a hardcore Motorboys fan, uh, you might have caught some of our hints yes, throughout the episodes. You said it. You said it. Motorboys. 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 You guys are just ridiculous. Okay. To any of the hardcore Motorboy fans out there, um, you might have picked up some subtle hints at some secret episodes that have yet to be released that are out there. Um, so I'm just going to drop this bomb out there. There is a fan hosted, paid for and hosted website out there called thealitaarmy.org. You guys heard about this? You guys know what I'm talking about? No, uh, no absolutely not. Okay, no, good. Not good news then. So yesterday it broke news that there is a resurgence of Alita Battle Angel fans that have not only paid for and erected their own website, essentially a GoFundMe to raise funding to uh, fund the sequel, but also they've uh, purchased a billboard in LA. Um, It's one of those LED billboards, so it changes every few minutes. Um, They've got four different banners up there trying to inspire the uh, the property owners, Disney Studios, 20th Century, 21st Century, or I'm sorry, 20th Century Fox, um, to uh, fund and get it off the ground, the Alita sequel. So uh, Tomas knows, you know, he's, he's uh, read more into the manga than I have. I've only seen the original anime, which is only part of the story. But uh, there's a lot of the story left to be told since the movie that came out there's a couple a of years of ago. There's a lot of story. I mean, there's a whole experience trying to get to, um, what's it called, that place. Oh, no, that's not totally gets me. I mean, everything. Her trying to get to up to, the, uh, up to Zalem. There's, I mean, yeah. there's a whole bunch of stuff there. So um, I thought that that was kind of cool because uh, a couple of people, you know, took pictures of the billboards and linked the website and straight up on Twitter at Disney Studios and at 20th Century Fox uh, to say, look, we've got this billboard up. The fans are paying for it. You know, there's enough of an interest out there. Um, and so I have some hope, although the original post, even though it had a news article wrote about it online, it didn't really get it very far because it looks like it's only been uh, liked as a tweet less than 600 times. So we're going to need some more traction to get this off the ground, folks. <laughs> but I thought that was kind of cool. Um, fans bonding together. You know, they put up their own website. Uh, it actually looks like they got this post up here maybe two weeks ago. And it looks like they're at $1,700 that people have donated. So I am hoping for the best because I definitely would love to see some more Alita. I mean, they've talked about it. I mean, there's supposedly a possibility that they'll turn into a series. 
Well, they'll bring everybody back for a series on, uh, on like Disney Plus or actually no, on Hulu. They'll bring it back for a series like on Hulu because Hulu is going to be the place where since Disney essentially owns 51% of Hulu and has already gotten into an agreement um, about a year or so ago, they got into a uh, stock option agreement on Hulu with uh, Universal, which owns the other majority of it. So they've already gotten into a relationship. That's why they have that deal with Hulu and ESPN Plus and Disney Plus because they own the the majority of Hulu stock. So, which essentially means that Disney, quote unquote, owns Hulu, if you will, because I mean, they're, they're the, the driving, the, the controlling shareholder, or whatever. Yeah, the controlling yeah. shareholder. They make all the decisions. So there's a there, Hulu's where Disney's going to kind of dump the stuff that they can't put on Disney Plus. Like the R-rated and the PG-13 movies that they can't put on Disney Plus, um, because they have they have they have you know the entire 20th Century Fox library, so you know whatever they can't fit on Disney Plus, and you know they're gonna put on they're gonna just they're gonna put it on Hulu once the time is right, and that's just why they're gonna do it. But yeah, so, I mean, so you're telling me they're gonna put the Defenders on there? They're gonna bring back Daredevil? That's what no, they're gonna do there? I think I think your your no. hopes are a little bit well, too high. I mean, there. We talked about that in the previous episode, dude. You know that Daredevil's gonna probably make the jump to the movies at some point. No, 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 no. I don't see that happening. But they do get the rights back. <laughs> they do get the television. Uh, all right, no, you're wrong. I think they will. I think they. No, will. no. They, I mean, they, they they do get the. I think the television rights for Daredevil, the Daredevil character, reverts back at the end of 2020. Yeah. So once yeah. 2020 rolls around, I guess January 1st, uh, you know, 12 a.m. Now Disney's got full control of that property I and mean, that likeness again. So the only people I can see is going to be is going to be Daredevil and Punisher because they both have movie experience and those actors have at least some cachet on the on the film side. Everyone else, eh, not so much. Well, yeah. Well, I'd love to see more Alita then because that would be that would be great. Yeah. But then that means I have to start paying for uh, for Hulu. Womp, womp, womp. Wow, so, but wow. you know, if you gotta do that, you or gotta just, do what you gotta just, do. Or just, or just wait for the server. So there you go. Yeah, um, I, don't know what so I did. I did want to. I wanted to throw that out there because I just thought that that was kind of a hopeful awesome. ray of light. Awesome. Maybe it'll come out. Who knows? Um, and uh, if it does, you know, I mean, sure can't be worse than the Ghost in the Shell that Scarlett Johansson was in. So, ooh, controversy. Oh my word! Controversial stand. Oh. I'm pretty sure that's just outright agreed upon by everyone. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not not particularly yeah, controversial. No, not really. Visually, that movie was fantastic. Visually, did they, go, did they follow any of the original character designs or backstories? No, they just whipped it all together to make a movie. And yeah, whatever. Hey, isn't that just how they make? I mean, it's how they that's how they destroyed Mortal Kombat two, and you know, and they just you know just pile on characters and have fun with it. Just enjoy. Yay! Yeah, throw it all into the mix and see what happens. Thank you, Hollywood. Jeez. So, so anyways, uh, you know, but you, you know, you're saying about you know battle, you know, uh, you know, Alita Battle Angel. You know, it, it reminds me of God, and I have something I was just gonna say now, dude. Fuck. Oh, it, Alita Battle Angel reminds me of like John Carter, like the motion oh, picture. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, where tons of tons, tons of options, so and then just didn't do any of it. And and honestly, I thought the movie was actually really good. I enjoyed the movie immensely. And because Disney, the previous leadership of Disney, who was before Bob Iger, the the previous Disney leadership, they just they just 
destroyed it by not putting enough marketing behind it. And it just and it was a really good movie. Like it was very good. Like I I think it should have done much more than it did. They just gave up on the movie halfway through the marketing campaign and just that's it. It was done. Yeah, I, I think it's um and I agree with you completely because that was a really good movie, a really fun movie. Uh, yeah. great adventure. Could have been a real could have been a, a, a franchise. Great franchise. I think so. But you know, it's funny because they don't I think one of the I think I remember reading about it way back that one of the missteps one of the, that one guy talked about, one reporter, journalist, was the fact that they did not trust that people would understand or get the idea of John Carter of Mars. So they kind of emphasized I think they call it like JCM is all they would use as they're kind of like, but they would not yeah. push the point of like this guy's going to Mars or whatever or, or something. No, exactly. I mean, I mean, I mean, they didn't push that. They didn't push the fact that you know, this is one. Of, that's one of the reasons why we have Star Wars. You know, that's one of the reasons why we have sci-fi in general. I don't think it dawned on them the money to be made in like the the trilogies or sequels that you can put. Like they hadn't quite realized that. You know, the, the advent of trilogies like the original Star Wars trilogy was coming back and that Marvel was going to, you know, ride that train and keep doing sequels and sequels and ride that train and keep printing money, right? So in, in their mind, they said, well, John Carter's got all this content. We got to compress it down into one movie to make money and be done with it. They didn't think of the bigger picture. Yeah, they, 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 I mean, they did for that book. Supposedly, I mean, I, didn't, I, mean, I haven't read the book. We all know that it was written by Edgar Rice Burroughs who wrote Tarzan also. So it's not like this guy wasn't, didn't have the stuff that he could make and that there wasn't good to make a movie. I mean, it's what he did. He did. He made Tarzan and John Carter. You know what I mean? Those are his two big claims to fame. And, you know, he, you know, what they did was that they compiled, they, they compressed the first two books supposedly, but, and it was directed by the guy who did Finding Nemo. I guess they didn't have... I mean, I don't know why they didn't... They, they just Everything was just a comedy of errors. Apparently, they didn't have enough faith in him and his vision. They didn't have enough faith in in what he was doing as far as the movie was concerned. So they didn't give him the marketing he needed. Plus, halfway through the marketing, they changed the name from John Carter of Mars to JCM. And then they changed it completely from there to just John Carter. You know what I mean? Like, it was well, I mean, just... They just... They just... I think they were just trying to get to the, when is the part where we start raking in the returns, you know? And that was before they did. And then of course the, the guy who was the CEO, he quit and then Bob Iger come on and then he bought Star Lucasfilm and that was it. That's all she wrote. So, yeah, you know what I mean? But yep. yeah, no, yep. yeah, it's that, that's just one of those things, man. Yeah, that's good. That's good, man. Um, you got anything else, Derek, or I got, I got one other one. Um, and I, I don't know how much you guys are going to care, but, uh, something near and dear to my art is just about any of the OGs of anime. And I don't know if they're quite considered OG, but they're definitely a, uh, uh, a major milestone and a, a big behemoth in the industry. Studio Ghibli, uh, or Ghibli, however you say it, um, they announced yesterday that they're going to release their first fully CG film. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So well, that's actually um, kind of, kind of controversial because they're always you know is you see them and you think about all that kind of like you know their cell animation cell animation and yeah. all that but wow okay yeah their animation style has been very iconic in the anime world it has driven forward a lot of new animation design styles and methods for creating 
you know, fluid motion and fluid animation and making this feel very realistic, even though it is very much so a cartoon. You know, um, like guys, uh, just, so you, I mean, just so you guys know, you know, okay, what's your favorite Studio Ghibli movie? Oh, dude, I can't give you that. I, I have no idea. They're all good. I mean, I, they're all good, but for some reason, the one that's always, you know, in, you know, close to me, it's a tie between Spirited Away and uh, the secret, what was the secret world of Secret Life of Arietti? Oh, man. They're both so good. So good. Well, I mean, um, yeah. Well, I remember one of those for me is like Princess Mononoke. Yeah, I was about to say the same thing. That's a good one, too. And I think part of that is because that's one where, I mean, I first watched, I think we rented it from Blockbuster when I was really little or younger. I'm not, I'm not sure how long yeah, we were ago it was. When it came out. Yeah. Not really little then, but, um, but I remember writing it from Blockbuster and watching it and it was cool because I think it was for me, one of the first times that I actually saw something dubbed. Um, and it was not necessarily a bad dub. Like it wasn't, it's oh, yeah. the standards of that time as dubbing went, it was not a bad dub. And I was like, wow. That was actually, you can get talented people and get a good translation and a good localization and make it and have it make kind of make sense. Like, I don't know. I was kind of, I was impressed by that. I like that. Well, yeah, they, there's clearly a certain level of polish that comes to all of their films. If it's going to be released in America in English, it's going to be done right to the same standard that they would have it in their native country. Right. Um, I mean, there's so many really good ones. Uh, I mean, there's some that always come to mind. I think the first one I ever saw was long before I was even into anime. My sister was watching, my younger sister, she was watching um, uh, Kiki's Delivery Service, which is a, is a really a good one too. really solid one. Um, there's uh, one of my wife's favorite ones is My Neighbor Totoro. That, that's a great one. There's... Uh, the Nausicaa film, there, there's uh, Princess Mononoke is a big one. Actually, I've got an interesting story on this point, and I'll jump into it since we're going to go off on tangents. So my wife, well aware, she, she knows I love anime, and she knew of the Studio Ghibli movies, and she knew, obviously, of how much they were good and how much even somebody who's not really into anime can really enjoy these films, right? So she catches... Uh, she, she notices that some nearby theater is doing one of those. Uh, we're going to show us old, old films this week or whatever on a Tuesday night or something like that. And it's a studio Ghibli film. And was it so the draft she, house is the anime Tuesday at the draft house. I think it was actually at an AMC theater. Um, okay. I, I don't remember, but I know that draft house has the free anime Tuesday, but please move along. She's trying to surprise me. Right. And so she's like, I've got this surprise for you this evening. We're busy. We have plans. You don't get to know what it is. And I'm like, cool. My wife's, you know, surprised me with something. I think it was my birthday or our anniversary or I don't know, something along those lines. Um, and so you know, we get there and it's a movie theater. I'm like, oh, cool. We're going to go see a movie. What's out right now? I can't think of anything that's out that I really wanted to see. And she goes, oh, well, it's not a new film. And it turns out that the movie is uh, a Studio Ghibli film. And it's called The Grave of the Fireflies. Have you guys ever heard of that film? Do you know about this one? Oh, yeah, dude. That's, a, that's one I of have, the first ones, man. I have heard of it, but I've never actually seen it. That's the one so, that's like it deals with like after the aftermath of Hiroshima, right? Um, kind of, but pretty pretty much, yeah, basically. So she's she's got this mindset of there's all these whimsical, fun 
fancy free and and uh you know m- mystical anime films and i will enjoy oh, it we'll have a good time we'll have so much fun we'll, we'll order some drinks and eat food and all that that's stuff. not this movie so oh, if you man. haven't seen this film to anyone who's listening it is about a young boy he's probably 10 or 12 and his younger sister both of his parents are pulled away to world war ii to to, to protect japan um, they're left with their family member who doesn't really care for them, doesn't really feed them, doesn't give them shelter. Eventually, both of the children starve to death and die. And that is the end of the movie, is they just slowly wither away into starvation and die. It's a very depressing and sad movie about the struggles that Japan went through during World War II. Um, happy birthday! Yeah, happy, happy birthday, birthday to me. Yeah. And so the whole time she's sitting here waiting for this to like, plot twist and be positive and somehow change and that doesn't ever happen and she's like she's like i'm so sorry i did not plan for this i was like i was like well the the movie was incredible i wasn't expecting a downer movie but this movie is incredible (laughs) yeah so she tried to do something nice didn't quite pan out oh good for betsy man good for betsy (laughs) anyway so back to the topic at hand uh, Studio Ghibli has agreed that they're going to do a full CG movie based on the story Earwig and the Witch. I'd never heard of it. Came out a couple of years ago, like nine years ago. So apparently it's some novel they're going to write. And they're going to uh, premiere it on live TV, apparently. So kind of a cool concept. They haven't done anything like that in the past that I know of. But uh, it's another one in the books that I'll definitely watch. All right. That's awesome. That's awesome. <sighs> All right, well, I, I, I know I got one, guys. Well, it's not really so much the news, but I want to have a little bit of a discussion. But I don't know if you guys hear this. Do you guys hear this? You, know, you, hear, you hear that? Yep. I, what is I that? hear a tapping or something, yeah. That's the still beating heart of the DCEU, fellas. What? Okay, so. I don't buy it. Bear with no way. I don't it? believe it. I don't buy it. All right, so here's I don't the buy deal. it. Here's what's happening lately. All right, so. We all know, everybody knows, that the Snyder Cut is coming out next year. Well, apparently the Snyder Cut has literally opened the floodgates, okay? Because there is all this news happening now of the DCEU and moves being made to continue the movies, all right? So, all right, so first of all, they just, I don't know if you guys saw the other day, they signed Henry Cavill to a multi-picture deal to continue playing Superman. Mm, okay. So they signed him. They haven't said how many pictures, but that he's going to show up and he's going to be more like, like the way the Incredible Hulk is in movies, kind of like uh, a side character, a secondary, still main character, but he's not the main part of the story. He's kind of like just pushing the story along. That's one. Uh, the other thing is that with the Snyder Cut, it seems like the Warner Media people really like the Snyder Cut. I mean, really like it. Whereas there is a lot of talks about moving forward with the other movies. So, for, and, and, and the possibility of getting the air cut of Suicide Squad. Because apparently that was cut mm. back by, by other people. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's a lot of things happening in the DCEU that... Is kind of giving it new life, and there's even the stark possibility, the remote possibility. Wait, what stark possibility? Like 
Tony Stark possibility? No. Crossover? No. Crossover? Yes. No. Yeah, no. But what I'm saying, the, 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 the small possibility, sorry, the small possibility that we may get Batfleck back. What? Like, well, all right. Okay. Okay. Let, let me, let me, let me. Oh. Let me, I, okay. First, before I go into it, <laughs> is that what you're going to talk about? Because I know you want to start the discussion. I'm almost ready no, to I dive mean, in. I mean, that, I mean, yeah, I mean, because this, this, this is the thing. I mean, I, just, I read an article also that, you know, that uh, the guy who plays, the guy who plays um, Cyborg, he's going to be in the Flash movie. They just announced it today also that he's going to be in the Flash movie because Ezra Miller showed up in Crisis of Infinite Earths, Infinite Earths on the CW. So it exists. I mean, they, he was there. He was in an episode with yeah, the Flash. Yeah, now it's canon. It's canon, so they're together. They're just in separate universes, like always the multiverse, uh, which was always the case. But now they're connected. You know what I mean? They, they they apparently they met in the Speed Force, which I haven't seen that episode yet because I always wait for it to hit Netflix so that I can just watch it the summer. You know what I mean? Like watch all of them, and I watch each of them up until I watch like uh, Arrow up until uh, the crossover episode. Then I stop and watch Supergirl and then I watch Flash and then I watch Legends of Tomorrow. So I'm just waiting for Legends of Tomorrow to hit Netflix so then I can just knock them all out. And, you know, and Batwoman, yeah. all those. You know what I'm saying? I just, that's just what I do every summer. But, um, but in any case, what I'm saying is that with all the stuff that's happening with the Snyder Cut has honestly breathed new life into the DCEU because now... With the Snyder Cut, Warner Media, which I know everybody has, we all have our things with Zack Snyder. I mean, he's not this amazing auteur, but he's a good director. His movies are fun. I've never really, except for the way BVS came out, which don't get me started on that. But the director's cut was BBS good. BVS means uh, Batman, Batman versus, versus Superman. Superman. Sorry, yeah. sorry, I apologize. I'm using I don't acronyms. Wanna... I don't want you Our to drop job. those acronyms down there. Yeah, we, we don't want to leave anybody out. I mean, I didn't know yes. it was either. So. Batman versus Superman. I mean, we work with Derek, you know this. We work with acronyms all day long. So I'm just used to saying acronyms. But Batman versus Superman, the theatrical version was not great. The, 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 the version that came out on digital, much better, gave you a better idea. Man of Steel, good movie. I thought it was a pretty good movie. I mean, I've always liked every single one of his movies that come out, like especially Dawn of the uh, uh, Dawn of the Dead. Fantastic zombie flick. Totally. Ninja zombies are amazing. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, it's it's one of those things where, where I think now with the Snyder Cut, the executives have seen, holy shit, he mm. had a real vision. Mm. Maybe we should continue to bankroll this. I don't so, know. I don't know. I mean, it's just everything's starting to come out now, and there's so many new things coming out that, you know, it's one of those things where I don't think the DCEU is dead, in my opinion. This is just my opinion. I don't think the DCEU is dead at all. So so here's my take on this. Um, I don't see, I, I don't think uh, DCEU is dead. I don't think that it is dead. I think... Much like, and I, I know everyone does this, but I'm going to relate it to Marvel. Much like Marvel, they have to get their rhythm in so that these DC films are consistently successful. Okay, They've been doing okay, but they're nowhere near the level of some of the Marvel success that they've had so far, right? That Marvel's had so far. 
And they easily have the content, the characters, the backstory to have the same level of complexity and enjoyment from fans out there. I'm, I'm sure everyone out there who has seen the various stages of even something as simple as Batman, there are lots of variations of Batman over the years that were all really good. Okay. But what I see this as is the market is downturning. You know, COVID is a real problem for the whole world. And money is not as quick coming in as they have been. They're having trouble releasing movies now. If they do, they don't get as much from the box office or anything from the box office because it never hits a movie theater, right? Yeah. And so what's another method that we can print money like we used to without spending money? Well, hell, we've already got Justice League recorded. We've got somebody who's willing to re-edit it and give us very likely an entirely different story. And we've well, got actually, fans that are willing actually, to pay for it. Story that was supposed to be from the beginning. Absolutely, right? So now we've got DC who's going to get a whole other movie release, not have to shell out near as much money. I mean, relatively speaking, I think they said something like thirty or forty thousand dollars to remaster that Snyder no, cut. No, 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 it's twenty or thirty million. I'm sorry, that's what I meant. Thirty or forty million, um, just to get a rem- uh, a new Snyder cut. Well, on the level of how much it would have cost initially, it was probably somewhere between two hundred and fifty and four hundred uh, four hundred million dollars, right? So thirty to forty million dollars is chump change to get a new yeah. movie that's and immediately going to make money, and we don't have to invest anything in it. It only made under eight hundred million in the box office, so it only made back uh, twice what it was supposed to, which is not what they were wanted. But with advertising and everything, I think they only made like maybe one hundred fifty million on it. Well, yeah, and the, and the goal for all these movies, only. obviously, is to find a way only. to make the return, make the yeah only make the return on what we spent, and then make some profit on top of that. Typically, somewhere between two to five times more than what we spent. So, if I'm only going to spend three hundred million, I'm sorry, thirty million dollars. I mean, it seems very easy for this movie to make three hundred million dollars as a Snyder cut, right? And and I think I think part of it is also that with the other movies that have come out after for the DCEU, like Shazam, which was a good... That one was great. It was great. Was a, and then a, where, where is the sequel? I haven't even heard anything about it. Okay, so yeah. So the sequel's on schedule for like 2022 because they have to make Black Adam before that also. Um, is that still going to be The Rock? I, th- I think somebody mentioned yeah, that's going to be The yeah, Rock. Yeah, that's The Rock. That's The Rock. So, I mean, the things in line right now is that you have, um, you have um, Wonder Woman coming out later on this summer. You have uh, Aquaman supposedly. Well, maybe, next. maybe it'll come out this. Well, night. it's 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 set for July at this point. So, um, you have Aquaman supposedly uh, next year. You have uh, the Batman supposedly uh, next year as well, and then the year after that, you have you don't have a date for like the Flash and for Black Adam and for Shazam. And, you know, if you think about it, Shazam was, quote-unquote, a small movie, mm-hmm. but it was really good. It was really good. It was, you know, it's like kind of like the Ant-Man and the Wasp or Ant-Man. It was like Marvel's small movies, DCU's small movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, I mean, I feel like I enjoyed that movie more than, I mean, probably most of the recent DC movies, honestly. I mean, I thought Aquaman and Wonder Woman were amazing. Wonder Woman, I do remember really enjoying. Aquaman, it was all right. It wasn't particularly good to me. I, I mean, but I, I see it. Like, 
these special cuts for these movies that have already been released. I see it as a way for them to essentially cash grab. I don't and know. I, I mean, I hate to say maybe, that, but maybe, maybe maybe I'm optimistic. Maybe it's just because the the ownership that's a part. Maybe because whoever's running Warner Brothers now wants to release the actual vision of whoever the artist was. I don't know, dude. I'm being optimistic. I'm being artistic. I'm being a creative in that sense. I don't know if that's the case or not. But I just think that, you know, with everything that's happening now, I think we need to kind of let the creative speak at this point. And I think that's what's that's what's happening is that they're kind of moving towards yeah. that aspect of it. And I think with, um, with what happened with everything that happened with that movie, that movie was just... The Justice League movie was just, oh, it was it was bound for failure. Yeah, there were so many mixed reviews. And it was, and, I, and you know, and we all know, I'm not going to say what happened, but we all know what happened. And it was just a bad scene. And it was just a horrible thing to happen in the middle of production for that motion picture. And, you know, you don't want that whatever happened to happen to a person, but it did. And it really just kind of just left its mark on the production of that movie and because of that, because you had the person who was in charge of the whole DCEU, because Zack Snyder was in charge of the entire DCEU. I mean, it's his, right. his yeah. overarching vision is what's going on. And he left. Yeah, he was like the equivalent to what Joss Whedon was for the Marvel Avengers sort of like mm, film. Okay. Yes, exactly. You know, like Joss Whedon was the Marvel guy. He was in charge of the Avengers from the point of you know from i think he started on the avengers when they were making iron man 2 like he was part of that uh writer's room that brain trust to make sure it's all connected you know what i mean and Zack snyder was in charge of dceu from the beginning because he did man of steel you know he was in charge of bringing that whole universe together him and i believe it was jeff johns from from dc so they were working towards this whole dark side thing. And then when that happened to him, that family tragedy, that tragedy, it just completely derailed the whole thing. So I th- like I said, I'm an optimist. I'm going I'm going with the better yeah. of the two scenarios. Well, why don't I we I mean, what if we just take this path. as why don't we just take this as, you know, maybe they're making a cash grab, who knows? But maybe, you know. all the same, they're throwing money at fan service, yeah. which you don't see often enough. Getting you the don't. fans to be happy with what the story is. And if that's what the fans are asking for, and you can make some money doing it, maybe it's not a bad place to be, you know? I, I agree with you 100%. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, one of the things I read was like, I remember just the whole thing with Suicide Squad, how that's going to be, you know, the air cut of Suicide Squad and all that you're talking about before. Um and I think like one of the things he complained about or he he had mentioned was the fact that he had made his movie and then of course it's always and it's always funny because like they're they're getting all this green lighting to release their cuts of the film, which like like kind of what you mentioned, Derek, could almost make it a completely different film at this point, right? With tone and everything. And but you know, they were, you know, some kind of studio executive suits or whatever stepped in and go, No, 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 we wanted to make it this way. And like, man, I wish those guys had been around originally, because then we would have gotten it would have been a Snyder cut. It would have been, you know, Justice League and not the Snyder cut, you know. But apparently Ayer, his problem was that he said that that was one of those where that Suicide Squad, 
he had made it and then they looked watching and they go and they had wanted it to be more like um Guardians of the Galaxy is what they were they were talking about. They were like, No, we should make it more like Guardians of the Galaxy. And and Ayer's not that kind of director though. I don't know if you've ever seen any of David Ayer's movies, but have you ever seen End of Watch? No. Alright, if you guys ever want to see a good like cop movie, go watch End of Watch with um it's with uh Jake Gyllenhaal and Michael Pena. That's intense. That's an intense movie, man. It's really intense. And David Ayer is a really good director. He's made some good... Most of his movies have been kind of like crime dramas. That's kind of like his thing. So an action movie like this was going to work for him. But yeah, just like you said, man, it's just... It's not what he wanted to do. Well, it's not what he's... When they make a movie and they go, no, let's completely change the tone and everything about it because this because Marvel made it work with this other movie rather than, you know, have confidence or faith in our own properties uh, and do our own thing. Why, you know, Deadpool, you know, you know, Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool made the joke about how they're so gritty and dark, but like, it's almost like it could have been even that much more gritty or that much grittier and darker, but we didn't get that because studios were saying, no, we shouldn't be that gritty. We shouldn't be that dark when I don't see why not. I mean, that's just what DC properties seem to do. I mean, it's not like, you know, when you think of Batman, you don't think of Batman rolling around in the bro- in broad daylight. You know, he's you know all about night and the dark. Yeah, he was he in just, the shadows as a detective. That was, and, that, and that's kind of what he's about. So, yeah, uh, they should have just kept with their own, and maybe they will release this now. And now, actually, you know, have their own identity and do you know make DC movies. Don't try to like, you know, repeat Marvel's thing. Don't repeat Marvel's thing. Just do your own thing, and you know. The success will happen, I think. Well, I agree. Uh, I'm down. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> okay. Well, um, let's see here. Um, I think that's all the news that I had. Is that there anything the else that's there? fit to print? Do it. Yes, that's all the news that's fit to print. <laughs> we have the New York Times over here, dude. Do they still print news? Is that a thing? It still exists. I mean, I've seen it as I drive around. I mean, they have those little boxes out there. I don't, they may be empty. I have no idea. I haven't bought it. Actually, I can't even tell you. Now, it's tangent, tangent number 1200, but I can't remember the last time I purchased a newspaper. <laughs> well, in any case, so what we're going to do, guys... Uh, as we've been doing the last couple episodes, we are going to have, uh, what do we call it again? A, uh, a refill. So if you have any drinks, drink them. If you got to smoke, smoke them, smoke on a pancake. Bong on a blint. Smoke on a pancake. Bong um, just, uh, we'll be back in a, in a few minutes. I don't know what the third one was. The third one was some random one. Um, but those were the best two. But in any case, we'll be back and we'll talk about the comedic motion picture. Everybody wants them. For some reason, we're like really drawing on these like crazy, uh, these crazy movies that nobody's ever seen. So I don't know. I guess we're trying we're to expand broadening their horizons. Okay, I think that's the case. I think we're trying to expand people's cinematic consciousnesses. Anyways, but uh, but in any case, just uh, we'll be back and uh, just uh, enjoy a little water break, guys. We'll be back.
we are back from our refill portion, as always. Uh, everybody's had a uh, refill and a bio break, as they say. Um, uh, hopefully, you didn't break the seal too harsh. Um, I know I did, so FYI. But in any case, um, I'm back to my Kraken and Coke Zero, as always. I'm on a diet. Uh, Goody, are you still... Uh, Rocking uh, Captain Morgan on the, on the rocks. Yeah, I'm still. Well, I'm not, I'm not doing it on the rocks. It's it's yeah. It's still the Captain Morgan private stock with also a little bit of the Coke Zero because I am also trying to watch my figure. Yes, of course. And Derek, what are you drinking? Are you still on the pineapple Mandarin basic bitch drink? Oh no, no. I've I've, I've upped my basicness. Oh. Um, I am going to a Smirnoff Ice. Screwdriver. <laughs> it is a screwdriver flavored Smirnoff ice. Wow. Hey, you know what though? I've got some Zima in my in my fridge. <laughs> I think I'm gonna send it your way, man. Holy oh, crap. Yeah. Oh, Hold perfect. on a second. Let's grab some Zima. Derek, 2002 called. They want their their uh, malt beverage back. Look, all right. Hey, Derek. hey, you know what? Some I have some Barles and James. I've been letting them age. Oh for- my god. <laughs> Let's get some wine coolers up in this, man. I'm yeah, just no. drinking Anybody? the girly drinks for all the fans out there so they can join in and not be ashamed of drinking something that is probably manlier than this. <laughs> we, are, we, are, we are a podcast for the people. So, you know, we have to make sure we cover every demographic. I do this for the listeners, okay? Yes, of course. Goody, and this right. is going to be extremely goody for everybody who's listening. Um, what um what I every time I think of someone drinking what Derek is drinking, I think of Virtual Cafe at Coco Walk. No one will understand it unless they've lived in the early two thousands in Miami. So, wow, just- <laughs> Virtual Cafe. This <laughs> was I I I went there so rarely, but it was like it was like a strange. I, I, I look. I look back on it now, and my memory is so hazy of it because I didn't go there very often. That it was like it's like almost like Shangri La for me. Like it's almost like this weird sort of mystical place that only appeared. I, I was able to be there for a little while, and then I left, and it was gone. Yeah, to, and to anyone who was born after two thousand, can we explain what this is? <laughs> so, so people. Okay, so FYI, so Virtual Cafe was a bar slash restaurant slash. I guess you could say it was kind of like a precursor to GameWorks almost. and Dave and Buster's. And Dave like, Busters. yeah, it was like, yeah, and it was like a, it was sort of like, hey, you guys, and I was about to go deep cut. Also, remember Showbiz Pizza? <laughs> oh my this god, is Showbiz Pizza for adults <laughs> or like Chuck E. Cheese? But like, let's get that concept, you know, food and and video games, but you know, age it up a little bit so that adults can enjoy. It. And so that's what it was before GameWorks and before Dave and Buster's, at least before they came to Miami. Uh, we had for a while virtual cafe, and I, I I vaguely remember the food was not bad, but again, my memories of it are it's almost I mean, like it's also, like it's like myth turning into legend to me at this point. <laughs> and also, you know, that was I was eighteen when I went there, like it was my freshman year in college. So this is like ninety seven, ninety eight. So it was, uh, and this I totally dated myself right now with that comment, but it was. Or with the year you gave. I mean, what? Exactly. So, and and it was the first place, it was the only place, oh, no, there's two places in Coco Walk in Miami that could do that. But it was the first place while I was in college that, for some reason, the bartender, I guess, liked me. So he was just like, all right. And he gave me what. We're still trying to figure out why they thought that. 
I, me too. I never thought about it. I never understood. But he gave me whatever drink I wanted, and I wasn't even twenty one. He was. This is the first question he asked me. Are you twenty one? I'm like, yeah. Like, okay. I, mean, I guess it was one of those things. Like, I I did what I was supposed to do. <laughs> you know, it was just one of those things. Let me check once again. We are saying though that if you're you know if you're in the United States, you must be please be of twenty one years of age if you're drinking. But yes, but there was one of those places. I mean, and 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 I was just lucky enough to always have that bartender, and he always saw me. So. And he recognized me every time. So I would get drinks all the time, dude. But it was just one of those places, man. It, and it didn't last very long, of course. God knows why. But it didn't last very long. And, you know, on the weekends, it would turn into a club with video games. It was super strange. <laughs> super strange. And this is before cell phones. God. God, we, I'm so old. Fuck. You said it, not me, but you're right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean you, were, you were like eight years old. So what the fuck are you talking about, dude? Yeah, I didn't even argue with that statement, okay? And I, and I probably was. Who knows? I can fight you, bro. You know, like, like, it's like that change my mind meme, you know? If you wear a mask in a car, it's like sleeping with a condom on. You know, it's one of those things. I still don't know. That's not, okay, whatever. That's not even related. I don't even know what we're doing with that. I'm just letting that stay there. Just letting it sit there for a moment. Just oh, simmer on it. Can we move case. on? Yeah, let's do that. Moving on, that's my paperwork. Um, all right, so this week, as we said in the last episode, we're going to be talking about the uh, another independent motion picture. We did Chef, and then we did, the, of course, the blockbuster '80s paquete, as we like to call them. Um, you know, and the, with Die Hard. Uh, this week, we're doing another independent comedy. It is uh, Everybody Wants Some. It was a sleeper hit from like 2016. Uh, it's a movie that was directed by Richard Linklater. It was the movie he did right after Boyhood, which Boyhood, I don't know if you guys, did you guys ever watch Boyhood? Nope. Uh, no, I did see parts of it, but not, not really. Okay, so for everybody who hasn't seen it, it was a movie that Richard Linklater spent literally 12 years making. He, it was, so Richard Linklater, we all know, has made a lot of good movies. He's done, you know, Days the Confused, his first movie, not the first movie, but the first movie that got him attention was a movie called Slacker. He's done the Newton Boys with McConaughey. He's done uh, Boyhood. He's done Bernie with um, with 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 Jack Black. He's done uh, he's done uh, was a movie with um with Keanu Reeves where it was kind of like rotoscoping. He did Scanner Darkly. I mean, he's done oh, a lot gosh, of good movies. Yeah, jeez, yeah, he's he's done a lot of suburbia. He. Uh, yeah, he, I saw Before Sunrise back way back in 95, one of his earlier movies. Sunrise, Before Sunset, Before Midnight. I mean, you know, his Before Trilogy. He's done actually, well, this is what I'm going to get to, but he, he he has done a lot of good movies. And the thing with him, he's always been that, and we, we know this, is that he's always felt, and I've, well, I guess he's always felt, what I've gotten from him is that somebody, you can learn a lot from someone in 24 hours. A lot mm. of his movies, are take place, quote unquote, take place within a twenty-four hour span. Do you so you get, to, you get to learn everything about that character in a day in their life. In a day in their life. So, for simple fact, then you have for like just sake of saying, if for slacker, it was a day in the life of Austin people, Austinites. Okay, it was not. It was never the same person. You started with one person, you moved on to the next person that they talked to. Then that person talked to someone else. It just went off in the day, and then it ended up. And the movie ended up at the end of the movie, starting ended. That person at the end of the day talked to the first person. And it's just it was a random day. 
Mm. You know, and then you had, of course, Days to Confuse, where you had Randall Pink Floyd, the, the the high school quarterback. It was his day dealing with the, I guess you could quote unquote, oppression of the coaches having that they wanted to have him fit into this one box, and he's trying to say, you know, that's not my life. I need to know what my life is about, and it's that kind of thing. And then in Boyhood, Boyhood is a little bit different, but still on the same wavelength. The movie that he did that movie in twelve years. It took twelve years for him to make that movie. He started with the same kid on kindergarten all the way through twelfth grade into the the first day of, of of college, and but every year in that movie was one day in that year throughout the day, every year. It's a really good flick. If you guys haven't seen it, you guys should definitely see it. I'm kind um, of interested he, now. Yeah, he hasn't done, he hasn't done it for all his movies. You know, Newton Boys was his first like uh, regular motion picture where it was the life of the Newton Boys, um, and then of course Flags of Our Fathers is over the span of a few days with uh, Steve Carell, um, Lawrence Fishburne, um, the guy from um, God, what's his name um, from uh, Malcolm in the Middle, and he was from Breaking Bad. Um, God, what's his name? The main guy. Ryan Cranston? Ryan Cranston, yeah. So he's in that movie. That oh, movie's wow. on Amazon Prime. <laughs> that movie's on Amazon Prime. So so that's why you have in Everybody Wants Some, the motion picture, it takes place over the span of three days. So just to give you a little bit of background on Everybody not, Wants Some. By the way, just a quick correction. It's not Flag of Our Fathers. It's Last Flag Flying. Sorry. Last Flag Flying. Fact check. Flag of our Fathers. Yeah, fact check. Thank you, Snopes.com. Um, so, are we going to... Was that was the, the, the Clint Eastwood picture about... Yeah, um, unrelated. Keep going. Unrelated. unrelated. But yes, Boom. sorry. Last are we, flag are we doing the synopsis? Do we get, are we going to talk about the movie yet? Sorry, I'm going to talk about the movie right now. But, <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. I'm trying to give you some background. So, Everybody Wants Some is essentially... The motion picture is all about... The main character, which I don't see, I forgot his fucking name. But anyways, it's Jake. about the main character, Jake. It's about the main character, Jake, and his first three days on campus as he moves to Southeast Texas University on a baseball scholarship. Boom! There you go. Also, but you forgot one important thing. It takes place. Uh, is it 1980 or 81? Like it's you. I mean, you watch it, and it's clearly one of those where it's it takes place, quote unquote, in the 80s. But you're clearly to that point where it's still transitioning from the 70s into the 80s because you don't really. So it's still very here's, 70s looking. Here's the funny thing with this movie, and this is why I like the movie so much, is that. Um, so this movie is what I like to call Richard. So Richard Linklater already has one trilogy, his before trilogy, which is before Sunset, before Sunrise, and before Midnight. You know, with Ethan Hawke and uh, Julie Delpy. So he has that trilogy. So this movie is what I call, it's not what everybody calls, it's just what I call it, his coming-of-age trilogy. So he has Dazed and Confused, which is a day in the life of the last day of school between uh, the senior, well, the incoming seniors and the incoming freshmen, okay, uh, which I saw also before this movie. And then uh, you have Boyhood, which is the life of a boy all the way through college, all the way through high school, and then going into college. And then this movie is what he calls his sequel to Boyhood. It's still, in my opinion, a spiritual sequel to Days of Confused, but I think it's the sequel to those two movies where it's the it's 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 his experience because Days of Confused was his experience in high school. And then 
uh, everybody wants him is his experience when he was going to Stephen F. Austin. Mm, that's where he went. Okay. And he went to Stephen F. Austin on uh, this is this is gonna hit you up there. He, he went to Stephen F. Austin on a baseball scholarship. So his character, the character Jake, is based on his life. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. It, there's a lot of, um, and we'll, we'll probably get more into this as we go, but there's a lot of um, characters in this that are, they're, they're funky, they're, they're quirky little kind of people, but they're, um, they're not so far-fetched that it's implausible that a human exists like this. So, okay, so you guys, I have seen the movie. You guys can tell um, I like the movie a lot. Why don't you guys go ahead and talk, and then we'll talk about it. So, um, I mean, I, I thought it was uh, kind of interesting. I, I, I kind of see it the same way you did as like a sequel to the Dazed and Confused kind of uh, movie. Um, the characters are uh, all very unique, and I like that they they are different enough that you don't get them mixed up whenever like somebody pops back into the screen. Um, I got to say though, you know, I was watching this and gosh, how long is this movie? It's like an hour and a half, two hours, something like that. Um, I'm watching this and I kept waiting for something to happen. Are they going to play baseball? Well, they kind of only do that for a few minutes. Are they going to go to class? Nope. You don't ever get to that point. It's all about running up to the beginning of the semester. Um, it's kind of one of those movies that's a lot about nothing. And it's just kind of the day in the life. So it's not, there's not a giant, uh, you know, antagonist that you have to worry about. There's not some kind of big problem that they have to overcome. It's more so, this is what our day is like. This is what we did this day. This is how crazy it was or how fun it was or how memorable it was or whatever. Um, I mean, I enjoyed it, but the whole time I was watching it, I was waiting for the movie to kick off and the problem to be uncovered and, you know, them to have to overcome something. And it never got to that. And I, it, I probably went into it with the wrong expectations, you know, trying to think that it was, you know, like a, story arc that I would see, but it really wasn't that. It was still enjoyable though. Goody, yeah. what do you think? Well I, I enjoyed it. Um what I thought was uh it was interesting because it was um yeah it was I kind of felt the same way part of it. And I made peace with that about I don't guess maybe like half an hour, forty five maybe halfway into the movie I guess. Where I was kinda of like, okay, this is gonna be just him going through a day and it's not gonna be like, I guess, I don't know how to describe it, like super bad, or it's going to be just a day or a crazy day, but there's going to be a, there's going to be, you know, the rising action, the new mom and the falling action, all that stuff. Like, no, it's going to be him going through that. And then, and for me, that clue, the big clue for me was that whole like countdown to, um, to when class starts, right? Cause it starts off like, it's like basically God, like 48 did hours. Did we lose him? Did huh? we lose him again? Holy huh? fuck. We lost Goody again. <laughs> Oh fuck! We lost him again, son Jesus of a bitch. Christ. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Are we? Oh God, Goody, no! He didn't, he didn't just mute himself. I'm pretty sure no, it's gone. So. Oh shit! All right. Well, we know what we have to do now. <laughs> yeah, we do. Hold on. Hold on. <sighs> Jesus Christ! Are we gonna keep this? Do you want to keep this? 
Well, not the what not what we're doing right now. We're gonna try and piece it together. No, no, no. <laughs> God, goody. Oh my god, why does this always happen to him? Oh shit. You gotta stop the recording and well, let me see if I can if I send him a link, he'll jump back on. Hold on. Well, remember it wouldn't let him before because he it was mid-record. Hello? Hello? Oh, he's back. Yeah. Good job, Goody. Goody. You know, you know what? <laughs> Look. Now, this is me. This is me trying to figure out what happened. And I think part of what happened was just when that we because I heard you guys go, oh, we lost him. I'm like, oh my God. And then I looked at it and it looks like at that exact moment, OneDrive decided to update itself. And then my my signal, like just kind of like my uh, Wi-Fi signal just crashed. And then it picked up. As soon as the OneDrive ended, updating itself, it picked back up. And now I'm back with you guys. Oh, shit. It reconnected. Right, go, go, back to to what, OneDrive. go back to what you're saying. I have no idea where I was. At what point? I mean, we just going to splice it in? About, yes, just I'll splice it in. Just go. All right. <laughs> Start from the beginning. All right. So I kind of felt the same way you did, Derek, about how the fact that I was sort of at some point waiting for something to happen because it was sort of like with um, with Superbad, how there was kind of like the rising action. And, and that all happened in a day, I believe, yeah, as well. Exactly. But like the rising action, Denouement, like there's something going on, there's a story arc. And there really isn't one here. And my first clue to that was the fact that there's a kind of, for some reason, the countdown, there's a little countdown you see appear in the corner where it says this many hours and minutes until the start of class. And so I, I don't, for some reason, I felt like, okay, um, that, that that seemed a clue to me, but I made peace with the fact that there was no, I, I kind of figured, okay, they're not really going to go anywhere with this. It's just, it's us kind of like riding through this guy's first, you know, two days. And I think it gets around a Friday. And so it's like from Friday to Monday morning, first time ever showing up to college as a freshman, uh, baseball scholarship in this baseball house. Uh, and then, uh, and see how things develop. Um, one thing I did notice about that though, looking back on it is that even though it's kind of centered on that character of Jake played by, I think his name is Blake Jenner. Um, he, you don't, at least in my opinion, you don't learn a lot about him. Like you don't mm-hmm. learn about his, yeah. I mean, he, he's from a Texas high school. He did well cause he was an, you know, all state pitcher or whatever it is. Uh, yeah, he was pitcher. Um, he has a fairly exceptional at least from what i gather exceptional album collection he brought with him yeah but you don't get much from him you know um he's not he's not a quote-unquote dumb jock and that's the thing also like you see this movie and you don't get they don't give you that sense of these guys are a quote-unquote dumb jocks you know some of them aren't aren't. yeah but they don't they don't paint that brush on everyone though yeah they don't no I, i feel like most are not like they've got something about them you know, especially the the Finn character who, anyway. Oh, dude. Oh, we'll, we'll get to Finn. We'll he, get to Finn. He waxes philosophical about it so much, but I don't know. But it's funny. You don't learn a lot about the main character, um, but, and I guess he's supposed to be our window, our everyman, not everyman, but our window into that world. But yeah, I mean, you have to make peace with the fact that, and if you haven't watched the movie yet, this movie, don't expect it to be you know, theoretically or quote unquote heading anywhere. Like it's, and, and that's not the point for it either. Um, you're in this little window of time. Um, I know it, it takes place before the 1980 elections, because if you're going, when they go through the little part, when they're walking through the campus and they have all the different clubs, have their set up. 
bottom of the walk through the quad. Yeah, and, and how all the clubs set up. You see like the young college Republicans. There's like a uh, one in the background. Reagan you see a, a Bush 80. huh? Reagan Bush eighty. Well, but you see also like uh, one of them a Carter nineteen eighty. So obviously the election hasn't happened yet. So it either takes place in eighty or nineteen seventy nine or or whenever it is. But um, yeah, it's sort of you know, I'm, I'm, and I actually don't remember if the movie said explicitly when it took place, but it was it was an interesting slice of time in uh you know texas university um, i think it's funny how you realized that the movie wasn't really going to have a, a traditional plot 30 minutes in 20 minutes in i, I was an <laughs> hour and 10 minutes in and i was like shit when is this gonna start dude well yeah <laughs> no I, I would say not maybe not even 20 or 30 i would say like probably like about halfway through it i'm like all right i don't know if it's going anywhere so which is about where you were when you was, were there. The movie's about two hours long, honestly. The movie's about I was two okay. Hours. I was okay. I was, yeah, I was just okay yeah. with that. I'm like, all right, whatever. It's not going anywhere for now. Enjoy the ride. That's kind of like how he rolls. I mean, there's a lot of his movies that there's really no semblance of plot. Like the before movies, there's no real plot. It's just, it's a lot of dialogue, but you're seeing the experiences and the, the life. I mean, this is super like independent film kind of thing you know what i mean like he's he's part of that 90s independent film you know generation so he his thing is going to be a little bit more you know character based where they're not going to be doing a lot on the outside it's going to be more in the face of what you're experiencing so for example you know the the character blumley the guy who was the catcher who was kind of like a weird burnout kind of character mm-hmm, almost mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Was, do you understand that, uh, and this is, didn't come up, I, there was a special feature I saw of the movie uh, somewhere, and you know, all his lines were ad-lib? No, I didn't even notice oh, that. You mean the guy that always seemed like he was talking really slow and always looked like... Yes! So uh, this is the oh, first wow. movie he ever did, and and Richard was like, I didn't create a... I thought he was just great, so I thought, oh, I'll just bring him into the movie, and he didn't create any lines. He's like, he's like, dude, just feed off of whatever was doing just go with it man and he did he did all his lines were ad-lib you know every single thing he said was off the cuff he didn't give a shit jeez man i guess that makes a lot of sense because his lines are they don't really move the scene along in any scenario but there but if you think about it they add to the actual like environment you know it's not like he didn't take away from everything you know what I mean? And and the movie was the movie was actually I, mean, I remember watching the theaters and there weren't a lot of people in the theaters, I ain't gonna lie. But the movie was it was funny. Like I was laugh out laughing because it was just funny to see it was just kind of like a weird, you know, window into that kind of personalities of, of, of experience because it reminded me of Guyana reminded you, but it reminded me of visiting Marie when she was in school at Baylor. Like it just it just, it, it, I thought of Marie when we were taking Marie to school on her first day of school at Baylor, you know what I mean? Just everything that she would experience there and we would go visit her and what the hell is that? That was just a notification. Just <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> Oh, that's God. that's what happens when you forget to mute yourself. When you're not <laughs> All right, now that is staying in. That, that is what has to stay in. <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, it just reminded me of Marie in college. You know what I mean? It just I don't know. I don't know if there's something about universities in Texas where it's just kind of strange where you have 
you know, a university, you know, Texas has a real kind of like tight buttoned up kind of situation, but the students don't give a shit, you know, <laughs> it's just, yeah. they're just there. To yeah. Well, I mean, and, and, and the way I look at it is that like what you're talking about the way he's talking about Marie, if, for those out there that don't know, it, this is, this is our aunt. And we're talking about, she went to college at Baylor university um, in the eighties and we would go visit her occasionally. And those are some actually, yeah, I mean, I don't remember the whole first day of class thing that I don't remember that I was kind of really young for that, I guess. Yeah. But I do remember whenever we would visit her, those are some very fond memories of meeting her and her yeah. friends. And not meeting her, obviously, meeting her friends. Um, so yeah, I always, I always would, enjoyed those trips. Would, would, and there would be no problem with us hanging around, you know what I mean? Which was awesome. Yeah, it, everyone was very, very cool. Everyone was always very cool there. I loved it. You know, and, and I love the aspect of when my favorite part of the movie, honestly, is when they're all on the river. Oh, also, by the way, uh, if you don't know, Bill University is a private university in Waco, Texas. Just heads up that in Waco, Texas. Yeah, she uh, and and I was accepted there when I was in when I was a senior in high school. But and then boy, because we got Cody went. But either way, I like the scene when they were tubing. I mean, there's so much. I mean, this movie made me love. It just makes me love Texas so much more whenever I watch it. It's just it's just one of those things where I get stupid when I think about you know what would be cool for the girls to to go to school there. You know what I mean? Like it's just it was just cool. Like I mean, the whole thing of them tubing on the river and then you know. The aspect, the only, I mean, it was just funny. That whole, the, the other thing that I thought was funny in the movie was there's a lot of good young actors in the movie. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, the people that weren't huge to begin with, but now they've kind of gotten to be a little bit bigger. Oh, yeah, it's a lot of faces you'll see. You're like, wait a second, I've seen that guy somewhere. And like, you find yourself like crashing into IMDb a lot because you're trying to figure out, because there's a lot of faces or people you see like, yeah. man, they look familiar. I've seen them in other things. And so, and that was pretty cool too. Like and they're, the guy who, they're really talented. I like them a lot. Yeah, like the guy who was the catcher, the Tyler Hecklin, uh, the actor. He uh, he's Superman on the CW, and so he's he's kind of Teen Wolf and Teen Wolf as well. That's where he kind of kind of got a little bit big before he got to Superman. Uh, then there's of course the guy who plays Finnegan. His name I think his name is Glenn Powell, and he's going to be playing Iceman's son in Top Gun Two. Oh, dude! Oh, I, I definitely see that kind of like. Uh... I see the Val Kilmer. Yeah, all right. I got that. So he, I buy that. He's, he's Iceman's son. He's Kazansky's son in Top Gun 2, where you have Miles Teller play Goose's kid. You know, I mean, there's that thing clicking on around there. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, there's a lot of people in this movie. There's a guy who, uh, the blonde dude who, um, God, I forgot his character, but Wyatt Russell, the guy who was ended up being around 30 years old. He's always jumping around from college to college. Mm. You know, he played Willoughby. Yeah, yeah. The character's name was Willoughby. He played Willoughby, yeah, he played Willoughby, which was a great character. Uh, he's going to be, he supposedly is playing, God, who is he? He is U.S. agent in, uh, he's going to be US, U.S. agent in the in Falcon and the Winter Soldier series. Oh, nice. Dude, that's such a good, because he, um, he did a bunch of other, um, like, action-packed, like, war-type movies before. God, yeah, yeah he's done a few things. He's done a few things. He's one of those good character actors, you know what I mean? And so he's going to get his time to shine in uh, in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you know what I mean? He's going to be playing the U.S. agent. You know? I buy so, it. I'm good. So, I mean, there's a lot of people there. There's Zoe Dutch, Deutsch, the, the girl. She's the, the, the female lead in this movie. I mean, she's been in a lot of stuff. I mean, there's just a, there's just a t- ton of people in the movie. I mean, it's just kind of fun to watch. And, you know, I like the... Uh, the one, the part I liked was when he was like talking about I have kind of an identity crisis. Did you notice that the identity crisis he was no. having? 
Did you hear him talk when he was talking to Finnegan? He's like, I'm kind of having an identity crisis where oh. first day I'm here, I go to a disco bar. Second day, I'm uh, we go to somewhere else, and then third day, I'm at a punk rock. <laughs> you know, he's just yeah. like, yeah. But he says something like, just just go with it, just flow or whatever. Yeah, I mean, and let's not gloss over the aspect of uh, Finnegan. I mean, well, he's I, I don't know he's. It's almost like he's he's he seems almost like the main character because he's got so much dialogue and he says so much in the movie and he he I, I, I feel like he drives so much of the movie. He does, he does. But he's fucking batshit crazy. <laughs> he, is. <laughs> he is, and then what's his name? Uh, Raw Dog. Okay. Detroit. All right. All right. All right. That character. Please. That character. Can we talk just... about that guy? Let's go ahead and talk about. Go it. Go ahead. Let's let's, let's do that. <laughs> okay. On so many so, levels, like an angry weird owl with a strange. I don't know, man. What's going on with this? That's such an appropriate description, dude. Way to go! Angry I could weird put owl. it in there the we words. Making it, making the merch. It's a T-shirt. Raw dog and weird owl, dude. Jeez. Angry weird owl. Angry weird owl. Oh my god! I just found the name of the episode, Goody. Angry Weird Al. <laughs> oh man! So oh man! Weird. He, he, he was so crazy. I remember watching the movie. I'm like, this guy is seriously. This character is seriously fucked up. <laughs> like, so and then he goes, to, and then at the end, and then that one scene in the in the in the thing where he actually comes back and he goes, it's like good hit. <laughs> He's like, all right, we're cool. <laughs> yeah, it's like, the, the scrimmage. Yes. Yeah. So so. If if Linklater kind of wrote most of this based on his years, who the fuck did he know that was like this, dude? <laughs> I oh, know. No, man. Oh, man. <laughs> or maybe it's an exaggeration or something. Or, or I wonder if it's like his old buddies in college go, oh, we know who Raw Dog is. Like oh, if yeah, that guy is so clear, so clear. Yeah, they know exactly. They know exactly who that guy is. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's just funny, dude, because I'm looking at that and I'm like, fuck. And I'm the same thing to myself. I'm like, if this is based on his life. And this guy, uh, uh, this character, um, what's his, God, I keep forgetting his name. Fuck. Uh, Jake. If Jake's character is based on Richard Linklater's life, because that's what he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be the, the, the his character, him, himself. If that's what he's based on, then, like, who the fuck are these guys? But, I mean, then, of course, you think about some of these guys. It's almost like if you went to college... And if you were a dude in a group, like in a fraternity or in a group of dudes, I mean, there's all those are all guys that you know in a group. I mean, those are all dudes that you know in your group. Like, I know every single one of those guys was a guy in my fraternity, bar none, bar none. I know at least, and then Rod Rod Dog was at least two guys in my fraternity. <laughs> at wow. least, wow. You know what I'm saying? Like the the there's always people like that in the groups. You know what I mean? Like just like office space was, you know, if you work in an office, those are all personalities you see in an office. They're just it's just the way population works. And it's just it was just funny to kind of watch that where I was like, I know people like that. Like Finnegan, I know a Finnegan. I know I know uh, Tyler Hecklin's character. I know somebody like that because he was in my fraternity. Super uh, competitive, didn't like losing in any yes, apparently. I know somebody like that. Uh, I knew somebody like uh, Blumley, the, the, the guy who's like, oh, the guy we were talking about. I knew yeah. Jake. 
mean, there's a, there's a Jake all the time. I mean, I did, every one of those personalities I know. I knew, uh, what's it called, uh, a buter. I knew a buter. Even in Miami, I knew a buter. A dude who was just, I was probably a buter. You know what I mean? Because I, I had my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time. You know what I mean? Like, so I might have been buter. I think, I think it's, they, they just had different, fo- and, and yeah, I kind of, I can put these personas onto people that I've known over the years. And it's, it's funny because a lot of them, you know, aside from uh, Raw Dog, his, his character's name was Jay. And, and I, no, I didn't know anybody that fucking crazy. But, well, I mean, in the sense that I'm talking about like the basic aspect of that personality, we all know somebody in a group that's no. like, not like that, no. <laughs> yeah, and it, it was funny to me. Yes, I knew because like that. that that guy. Uh, what was the character's name? Coma. Coma. I know somebody who's just like that. And you mean super square? Super square. Just, yes. Just tuck in, tuck in my shirt into my jeans and wear a baseball cap to the punk show. So he looks. Yes. say you look, a, you look like a narc. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> perfect perfect oh my god that, i mean honestly like that movie this movie is is so funny on so many levels it's hilarious it's great i think if you're if you're looking for a movie you know in the same way that sometimes you watch a tv show and you really get to understand a character because you see them in so many scenarios they were able to condense that same kind of character density into two hours and you just get to know the characters, right? They have their adventures. They have a couple little fun little gags and whatnot, but it's three days of their life, you know, and they have a good time. It's kind of funny. Some parts raw dog does some stupid shit at some points. Um, I, I mean, all in all, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the film. Um, it was not what I expected at all, but I definitely still enjoyed it. And that's kind of the reason why I wanted to give it to you guys, because I know it's something that you guys probably wouldn't have picked or chosen right off the bat, but I wanted you guys to see it because it's actually, it's better than most people would think because they don't know, oh, I don't know if I want to watch this. And you kind of just kind of like discard it a little bit because you, you, don't, you haven't really seen much. But this movie was more like, in my opinion, it was like Richard Legletter was like, doing like a love letter kind of to himself. I'm sure it was selfish to a certain degree, but it's kind of like, you know what? I haven't made a movie like this. I want to make a movie like this. I want to go back to kind of like what I'm doing. And so he went back to his roots and kind of made something that was a bit more low-key, 90s, independent film style. So with that said, you know, I'm going to ask the question. And Tomas, I'm going to make you go second because I know you love this film. Um, (laughs) I'll go third, dude. I'm fine. All right. Well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I'm gonna give this a seven point five. It was good, not fantastic. It's not something that like if you if you never see this film, life will carry on. You'll be fine. Yeah. But if you get some time and you want to watch something that you don't need to like know all the characters and have seen the prequels and the sequels and know all the characters, and if you miss a line, it's fine. The movie is still good. Um, it's this a very casual watch. The movies, it's just by itself. It's just it's a spiritual kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. You don't you don't have to do a lot of homework. It's not like a, a lot of movies we mentioned earlier. A lot of movies have sequels and prequels that if you miss some part, you don't know the backstory of so and so and what they did and blah blah blah, all that stuff. None of that is going to happen here. You can watch this. It's a casual, funny watch. 
easy to watch and and it's interesting enough that you're not going to get bored but it's not so you don't have to be so committed to watch it that if you walk out of the room for two minutes for a bathroom break you're fine right and i enjoyed it so i'm going to give it what did i say seven five seven five goody all right my uh my take on this uh i'm gonna give it a seven i'm gonna give it a seven um yeah i like the movie but i just can't shake the fact that it was um it was just so you know what it was like if it was the movie was it was the movie equivalent of a float trip where you just kind of like float along and you enjoy it and it was a nice experience but you know, it's, you know, all right. It is what it is. It was what it was. And it, it, it scratched that itch, I guess. I don't know. It was a good, it's a good movie. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a good movie. I enjoyed it, but it's not going to be one that, you know, like you said, Derek, if, if you miss it, oh uh, no, you're, you're missing on this great experience. Not really. Um, and the fact that there is no, it's not really, it doesn't really go anywhere. I mean, can we, can we say endings of movies here? I'm okay. I'm okay to do that. Go ahead. Fine. It, 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 yeah. It's been out. Four years, it's gonna do the right. ending. Well, okay, so the movie, I mean, there's no ending. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's not. I mean, the movie is set up as a, this is a guy's first couple um, days at college. He just, he just, you know, dri- the beginning. The, the movie literally, it's the beginning of it, 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 it. Is him driving onto campus and heading to the house and all that with his stuff. And the movie ends after like this whole you know weekend is forty eight hours. You know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, quite a bit of partying, all that. It sounds very exhausting. He was basically out all night Sunday night. And goes to class, and he goes to his first class. Shows up, you know, and sitting next to another one of the guys that was like also another freshman, you know, baseball player, scholarship guy. Uh, and it ends, you know, he's been there. You know, it's clearly one of those like, oh yeah, I'm here, I've made it, there I am. And it ends with him like, kind of like, you know, bending over, putting his head down on his desk, and like closing his eyes, like he's gonna sleep through his first class. In college, which my that's how it ends. That's how they wrap the whole story. And then, literally, that's how it is. He closes his eyes, and then boom, cut to black. There it is. Credits. Yeah, that's it. So, like, it's like people have been in college. We know the first day is a piece of shit. No, man. Well, yeah, yeah. But if I'm a freshman, okay, it's true. But you can't. But when I was a freshman in college, college story. (laughs) Whenever your last two seconds is the first day of class when you go to sleep. Yeah, you're well, gonna sleep I mean, through your first day of class. He's telling the truth. No, he's not, I mean, man. I, I, okay, I don't, I, dude. I don't know what college experience you're talking about. I mean, I, I, we weren't in college in the '80s. We weren't in college. You were in college in the you know the very end of the '90s. I was in college in '99 when I started. But like my first day of class, I am not taking a nap. The first day of class of my first class in college, I'm not taking a nap, dude, because I'm all amped up. There. He doesn't give a shit. Well, and maybe, and maybe I think they were just I trying to keep the tone of college yeah. is fucking crazy. Well, I'm, I'm sure, but I'm just like, and then I'm just looking at the movie, and I'm like, this guy, this this actor, you know, I liked him a lot. He's not a small person, like he's not a small guy. So like he's like crouched over this no, tiny desk, no, and he's like, and you, and, and you also you look at the how the room is laid out, and like there is no way the professor cannot see this guy. Laying yes. down with his head down and like eyes closed and knocked out in his first well, class of that, the semester. That's that movie portrayal where you know people sleep through class and the professor doesn't care and blah blah blah. And reality, your professor is like first to kick you out, to throw shit at you, you know, whatever it is to wake your ass up to get you to participate. 
Well, but the point is this. Look, yes, I enjoyed the movie. Um, it didn't really, it doesn't, it, it didn't really go anywhere, but that wasn't the point. It was not meant to go anywhere. Um, it's just kind of like you're, you're kind of being exposed to this, you know, snapshot in time for his character, which like you said, that's what, you know, the director tends to do. I mean, he, he also wrote the movie. So it's like, it's, it's, it's his project. Um, so yeah, it was good. I liked it. Uh, but still with everything, it's a, it's a fun sort of little snapshot view of that time and that place. Um, idealized or not. I don't know. I mean, could just be going off of his memory of what it might have been like, but um, still, uh, still, it's a seven. So it's a seven. There we go. All right, so, Omas. For me, for give me, it to I'll us. Give, give me a hard I'll, ten. I know you want to. No, 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 no. I'll give it, give it an eleven. I'm gonna it's give the it best film ever. I'm gonna give it an eight. Uh, I think it was a good movie, and 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 I, and I totally understand why you guys have the feelings you have. I think for me, it's just. From the look of the aspect of the kind of director he is, I was already okay with it. I guess it's because he made it with a sense of the way he's always done his movies. So I was already, I guess you could say, programmed, quote-unquote, for whatever he's trying to do. And so because of that reason, I was already bought in from the first minute. The minute it said three days until class starts, I was like, okay, so it's going to be like that. I knew what I was going into. And so it was for me. I'm, like I said, it was a solid eight for me. I think that the the what I was more interested in was the writing aspect and the character development because even though it was only quote unquote three days, there was a certain level of character development throughout those three days that I noticed. You know, you know, uh, Jake came in as just some you know college freshman pitcher on a scholarship, and he know, and and there were little bits and pieces of him kind of growing and kind of just saying, you know, I'm going to be my own person, but I'm going to make sure that everybody understands what I'm here about. You know what I mean? And he kind of shows that with Finnegan. He shows that with Taylor Hecton where he doesn't back down from the, 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 the main, his, his character. You know what I mean? Like it's one of those things, you know what I mean? Where he, you see him kind of grow through, even though it's, it's little bits. Cause I mean, as a freshman, you're always going to have some deference to the upperclassmen to a certain degree, and that was kind of shown. But he he showed that he wasn't going to be some silly-ass freshman going to back down to the seniors. No, I'm going to do what I can do. I'm going to give them the respect they need, but I'm also going to make sure they understand who I am. Yeah, that definitely – that they and you can tell, like, as those three days go on, the seniors – you know, they start off by just kind of shitting on the freshmen, which is in very much so like real life. But they also go into starting to, you know, show some respect for each other and understanding that the, what they bring to the table and whatnot. Um, gosh, what was the name of that character? Man, I'm gonna have to look it up. What was the guy? The, the guy that they were in the punk rock club and he was, Jake was sitting there in the back with him talking about the identity that's crisis. Finnegan, that's Finnegan. That's Finnegan. Yeah, that was Finn. So, Finn. so he, you can tell, I, I think he's a senior, right? So Finnegan is at least upperclassman. And, you know, by the end of the movie, they have like a respect for each other. They can understand the value of each other. And, and, you know, he finds his own, you know, Jake kind of makes his way into the group and whatnot. So it definitely, there's a character evolution there, but 
otherwise you're just kind of watching them through their day to day, you know? Or not. I guess I could be totally wrong and, and no one is listening. I, I just wanted to see how long that silence would go. Tomas <laughs> <laughs> is going to have to cut it out. Oh, man. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Where did he I go? I just wanted to make sure you guys were quiet. Oh, God. Whatever. What? Okay. Anyway. Um, so you you said it was, uh, let's see, Tomas, you gave it an eight, right? Yeah, I gave it an eight, and I and I, I like the movie. The movie was really good. Well, why not nine or ten? What, what, what's what's stopping you from giving it nine or ten? What would you well, because, what would I mean, you want from it? I mean, because you hear what we want. I mean, we were kind of like a little bit more story or something. What, what, what about you? I mean, for me, it was it was the same kind of thing. I do I did want a little bit more story. There was I wish there was a little bit more character development than what it was, but I wasn't I wasn't surprised at how the story was unfolding. Because I knew that it was kind of like, just like Dazed and Confused, where it was just, you know, there's going to be some character development. There's going to be some kind of showing of their, of the character itself. But it's not going to be to the point where it's going to be like a movie where there's going to be a total climax. Because there's no climax in this movie. And the thing is, is that with Richard Linklater's movies, there's not really, with these kinds of movies, when he makes these kinds of movies, there's no real climax. There's no overarching problem or thing that the main character has to solve. It's just about the experience that this person's having on that day. So, so to give you an understanding from my, my point is that if you look at Days and Confused, okay? So you have the main character is Randall Pink Floyd, but that's what everybody sees as the main character. In my opinion, the main character is the guy who's a freshman. Because that is that character is Richard Linklater. FYI, wait, the character the actor is that person, or he's no, playing no, no. Linklater's he's playing, life. His character is playing Linklater's life. Okay, okay. He's playing. In, in, although Linklater, I think graduated in like seventy nine, but for the purposes, his character, the character in 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 Days and Confused. Um, I'm trying to think of the the uh, the character's name, Mitch. Mitch, the young guy, the freshman. He is Richard Linklater's viewpoint into that society, into the senior class viewpoint of what's happening at that point in time. He's your kind of like, mm. you know what I he's mean? He's Jake. He's the kind of like our window into that he's world. The he's the window into that world. Okay, so it's not. Randall Pink Floyd. Randall Pink Floyd is, it's everything. It's he's the typical Texas high school quarterback. You know what I mean? Mm. Is, that, is that the Jason London character, by the way? Yeah, that's the Jason okay. London character. So when you put it in regards to this movie, you know you have Jake, who's your doorway, and then of course Tyler Hecklin is kind of like the Jason London character, where he's the main guy. He's the guy going. He's already gone past that point. He's ready to go to the pros, you know, but you need your window, and your window is Jake. And Jake mm. has to experience what's happening because he says it in the movie, in high school, everybody on that team was the best, you know. Was the best. Yeah, yeah. Was the best in their, in their high school district, in the regional, in the state. They're all all-stars. Then when you go to college, 
you're back at the bottom of the barrel. So the- and it's kind of funny because like that actually resonated quite a bit with me because I remember before I went to college, I think I think it was like before you went to college, you got some kind of little book or something. It was like everything a college freshman needs to know, or I'm not sure what it was. One of those kind of books like that. I don't know, I don't know how you got. It. I don't know if you got it from the even getting it, huh? I don't even remember getting it. Because- I don't know how you got that book. Where I, I just appeared in our room, um, and I remember reading it. And one of the things that kind of really stuck out with me and has stuck out with me all these years later is the fact when you read that and it kind of resonated, especially when they made that comment about how like every guy in this team was the best in their team, and now you're just kind of like one amongst the best, right? But it was kind of like something I read in that book was the fact that you know when you're in college, when you go to college, it's uh, uh, what is it? small fish, big pond type thing. Where yes. now you're, you're when mm-hmm. you go to college, you, in your in your high school, you may have been Mr. Popular, Mr. Whatever, Ms. Popular, whatever it is, right? It, great in whatever you're doing. But once you go to college, you are now in the sea of people who also may have been the very best at what they were doing in college. And now you're, it's, it's almost like you thought you were special in high school. Now you go to college, you are not special anymore. <laughs> because, because everyone everybody, is everybody. Like, College has been special, basically. Yeah, and so it was kind of interesting how that kind of when that when they said that I'm like it always always takes me back to when I kind of read something sort of like that in um in that book. Of course, the book had also nice positive advice to follow. That was like you know this is a time you can reinvent yourself now if you want to and be the person you always meant to. Whatever. Anyway, but that was something that kind of stuck with me is that the fact from that book from how many ever decades ago and it resonated and came bubbling back to the surface after you know that little part in the movie. We talk about how like you were best in your high school, but now everyone here was the best in their high school. And and, and it kind of brings you back to what he was saying when he was talking to um, Zoe Deutsch's character, uh, where he was just kind of saying he said he kind of said the same thing. He's like, "I was an all star, and now I'm just trying to find myself," kind of thing. And he's just, you know, he's he's a he's a he's a jock, but he's actually pretty damn smart, and he. Goes, you know, he like I said, they go to a disco the first night, they go to a country bar the second night, they go to a punk rock club the next night, and then on top of that, they go to a, a theater, a theater major party. I mean, and the character of Zoe Deutsch says the same thing though. How like everyone now, you know, it, it, she went to a fine arts type of school, and when she goes to this college and she's in the program, like now it's everybody, a matter, everyone's competing for parts because everyone was the best in their fine arts schools when they were in high school. Yeah. So it's just it's it, it depends on where you're looking at, and it, it, it in every way in every part of life you're going to experience that kind of I guess you could say quote unquote competition, where you have people who they have been their number one in their kind of little slice of their world, and now they're going you're going to have to make sure you kind of change your mind and said okay so they're the number one so I have to kind of make sure that I myself. I'm going to be better than that person or yeah. I don't want to make that, but I mean, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just kind of like, you have to kind of just say, okay, I'm going to do the best I can, no matter who that person is, or no matter what I'm ex- experiencing at the moment, I'm going to be the best version of me. So that way I can kind of continue to move forward as a member of the human race. God, I'm such a fucking hippie. Anyway. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like this, okay, so for, for anybody out there, you know, if you saw this and, and you liked it, you know, we're happy, but there, there's, um, there's a, a similar film that as soon as I was, when I was watching this, it kept reminding me of another movie I've seen. I don't know if you guys have ever seen this. Have you ever seen the movie Charlie Bartlett? 
Yes. Okay. Yes. So, Robert Downey Jr. Yep, Robert Downey Jr., Anton Yelkin, Kat Dennings. Yes, um, yes. It's been it, years. Since yeah, it's been a while. It, I, I thought that that was such a good movie, and it was, frankly, I, I think, um, so Charlie Bartlett is almost like a, a crossbreed between, um, you know, the, the, the Dazed and Confused or Everybody Wants Some and something like Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Right. Where, you know, you're seeing a day in the life, you're trying to live live through somebody's problems and what they overcome, but you also get to kind of see what it's like to rule the roost, you know, to to be on top of your game. And, um, and this movie, as I was watching Everybody Wants Some, it, it just kept on reminding me of this film. So if, if anyone out there is listening and maybe you also, you know, were hoping for, maybe less of the day to day and more of like a story arc where there's an up and a fall and a problem and a, you know, antagonist protagonist type thing. Charlie Bartlett's probably not a bad place to look. Uh, it, I, I, I love that film and I love what kind of uh, how it kind of feels like an indie film, but it has a solid story. And that's what I kept thinking everybody wants some was going to feel like as we went through it, you know, I got you, but Okay, so well, um, if you say eight and uh, Goody says seven, and I say seven and a half, then I'm the most right. Yeah, you yeah, are. You the are. <laughs> that you was are. the Price is Right. <laughs> you are the man in the You've middle. You won the showcase. I guess what it's called. You can like spin that wheel and hope to hit the yeah. dollar or something. Oh, how gosh. it works? I have no idea. Jeez. Did you get the showcase show down there, Derek? Yeah. Oh. FYI, just to give you an idea, you don't win shit. So yeah. FYI. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yes, you know who you are. You're the man sitting on the fence. I think I think they're going to give you an Oldsmobile. Oh, maybe like is it the four four two? Because that's what Jake was driving in. That Oldsmobile four four two was oh, such a good looking. They're, car. They're going to give you some model of a discontinued car company. Sure, yeah, whatever it is. I think I think I think, <laughs> I think, I think he's going to get a Chevy Lumina. Oh, dude, might as well gonna give, give me. Uh, he's going to get Geo. I want yes. a Datsun. You can just give me an old Datsun. Datsun. Give this man Daxon. a Lumina, a- Lumina APV, the minivan. Datsun. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, on Daxon. to the next. Uh, do you guys want to do top picks, top shelf? Let's do, do top it. shelf. Top shelf. Ooh, baby. Rock it. Okay, I'll go first. I'll go first. Uh, for my top shelf this week, it's a brand new, and I'm going to go in your vein, Derek. Uh, I'm going to go anime this week. Oh, please I don't do yourself in down. Did I steal your fucking thunder, dude? I think I stole no, it. no, no, no. Just it better be good. <laughs> all right, so I've been signed. So I was um, this week premiered. A, I, I'm not all the way through, but so far so good. Um, this week I started watching the new anime series on Netflix. Uh, it's called Doro Hidoro. Oh, um, you can't pick that. I already picked that one a few weeks ago. You did? Yes. Fuck you then, dude. All right, fuck you. Well, then, all right, then I'll pick another one. Move forward, because I have another one then. I have another one, but you guys go. Okay. Um, so I continuously have trouble actually pinpointing down to one. So I'm just going to keep with the trend. Just do one. Well, I've already got two, okay? You do one, dude, because I got it. I got, I got, I've fucked up now, so you go do one. <laughs> okay, well, um, let's see. If we're going to do something... Okay, Uh so tried and true is a little bit older of a series, but if no one has seen it, it's called Community. Okay, um, it's on Netflix with, right um, now. Aubrey, yes, oh yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. Such a good show. So it's got all kinds of big names in there, um, including uh, some people that are considerably bigger now than they were when the show came out, such as like uh, Donald Glover um, and King Jong. Uh, what is it? Dr. Ken Jong. Is that who it was? Um, Dr. And, Ken Jong, yep. And Chevy Chase is in it. it it's, it's a newer series. It's only been out, gosh, maybe 10 years or so. Um, but, uh, you know, kids in college living through all the fun that happens with that. And there's different dynamics, very, very funny, funny, funny show. There's this character named Abed that he's, he's gotta be some kind of person on the autistic spectrum of some sort, because I don't know why, but I immediately identify with this guy being very, precisionly like decided and and calculated words and man such a such a good show very funny um super comedian uh, comedic and, and lots of good people i gotta I, i've been meaning to watch that too because i it just i've seen so many things about it and so much of that humor i think would be right what i'm into especially a lot of the um make a lot of references to like pop culture references they have on their yeah, shows they do well, that's one of and, and yeah, like you, you mentioned, Ab, the guy, the actor, his Abed, Danny Pudi, he's in a few things now. He's actually in that, that Apple series. What's it called? Um, Mythic Quest, which is kind of like one of those yep. like yep, he's documentary in sort of now. looking. Oh man! And of course, Alison Brie, Alison Brie, man, she's uh, Alison Brie um, was in. She's been in a few things. She's been on voice acting for games and cartoons, but she also was in she's Glow. Kitty, Kitty. Yeah, she's she was in Glow. Yeah, yeah, Glow. She was in Glow. Such a good man. Well, that, that show, if you want something, that what they said. go ahead. It's it's more of a it's one of those shows that you can watch very casually. You know, kind of like how people will rewatch uh, How I Met Your Mother or Friends or or if you uh, you know from the era that I think we are, we some people might watch Cheers. I still enjoy it. <laughs> one of those shows you can just mindlessly flip through series, and it's all hysterical. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just I love that you mentioned Cheers because that we used to watch all the time. My mom. Cheers is a great show. I mean, it's da- very dated now, but it's oh, super good. Yes. It is a good show. No, no, you're right. One hundred percent, dude. I mean, I mean, it was a community school because you had all those people that just now they're they're actually doing a lot more. You know, you had like you said Donald Glover, but then of course there's always you know there's the there's the man Chevy Chase is in it, which is fantastic as well. So. Well, and and he's, he's crotchety and he's he's blunt and he's not public, uh, politically correct and he's just unabashedly Chevy Chase, you know. And oh, so the the character I forget you said it a second. Oh, Danny Pudi and Donald Glover they have such amazing chemistry on screen. They are just two comedic masterminds. I love it. So they've done a couple different episodes where they do like raps or or. Like their outros of that episode, ah, oh, gold, gold. Well, Danny, Danny Pudi, you know, is one of the characters. He plays one of the the triplets on Ducktales, right? No. Yeah, he does. Wait, are we talking Boy about Ducktales? I don't know which one he is. He's animated series. The new, the new one that came out with David oh. Tennant as Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, I didn't even know well, there was a new one. 
Oh, dude, where he well, used new came out like in 2017 or 2018, something yeah. like that. And they're, I mean, they're like three seasons in right now, and it's him. I mean, I mean, there's a ton of people in the show, but yeah, David Tennant actually decides, you know what, I'm gonna fucking talk like a Scotsman because I'm a true Scotsman. So he decides to actually use his accent, and he's Scrooge McDuck, and he is fantastic as Scrooge McDuck. But I mean, Horatio Sands is in it. Uh, who else is in? Uh, 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 Lin Manuel Miranda. Um, oh, he, dude. He actually he plays because if you ever watch the old Ducktales, uh, remember Gizmo Duck? He and plays Gizmo Duck. That's right. He's Gizmo Duck. He's right. And then let's see. I mean, Horatio Sands is one of the triplets. And they got a cool take on Darkwing Duck on that show. I mean, it's it's really cool. It's very cool. Oh my it's gosh, cool Darkwing show. Duck! I'm gonna have to watch this now. It's it's cool. It's actually the the art style is pretty. It's pretty fun, and uh, the way they reimagine some of the characters. From the original show is, is really interesting how they do it, well, and, the, and the writing is pretty smart. So it's um, it's good. It's a good watch. I mean, obviously, my son who is now six years old loves it, and so like he enjoys it because it's you know Ducktales and animated and lots of action. But me watching it and seeing the references they make and seeing the, the smart writing and how they do it, it's 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 again one of those shows, uh, those cartoons that people are making now that it's like that both kids and adults can enjoy it because the stuff that the kids won't get, the adults will get. And it's, it's just really good fun. And the, way they, the way they have it drawn, just to give you an idea is it's a reference to the fifties comic books of Walt Disney. So, mm. the comic books made. so like, so you know how, uh, FYI, this is a, uh, this is a totally aside. We've gone on one of our many, many tangents. Um, uh, well, this is what the they signed up for. Yes, this is what everyone says up for apparently when they want to listen to the motor the motor boys, motor boys, motor boys. They will not say uh, boys. I'm gonna, have, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Every time we say that, I'm gonna just inst, inst, insert like heavy metal, like thrash. Oh, um, motor boys. Anyways, but no, but um, oh, so you know, <laughs> you know how uh, Donald always his his sailor suit is like a blue sailor suit with yeah. white lines. On it. Well, funny thing is, is in the comics in the fifties, Donald Duck's sailor suit was uh, black. He wore like a black or dark sailor suit. Like he didn't have. Would a you call blue. it? Really? Wait a second. Would you call it maybe a navy blue? I don't know. I don't know. It looked black to me. It looks black to me, right, Goody? I mean, I don't know if you sailed think. right over your head. Yeah, oh I know. My gosh. I, that one did too. <laughs> it did not sail over my head. It was more of a mast. Kind of situation that doesn't even make sense. No, exactly. leave the room. Exactly. We're done here. We're done here. Just like your comment. Anyways, no, but and then of course you know the way that Scrooge McDuck's um, outfit is all based on the fifties Scrooge McDuck because Scrooge McDuck came out in comic books. He didn't show up until Christmas Carol. You know Mickey's Christmas Carol, but he was in the comics mm. way back when. I would say he worked for it. I have no idea. Well, I'm just letting you know that that he was he was in the comics. He didn't really show up in the cartoons a lot. He may have been a background character, but he didn't show up in the cartoons. And funny thing is, you know who the voice? Uh, this is I'm going so deep cut on this. The <laughs> fucking tangents. Anyways, so the voice of Scrooge McDuck back in the day before David Tennant took over, the voice of Scrooge McDuck. If you guys have ever seen the original H.G. Wells Time Machine movie from the fifties. Yeah, the, oh. the first one, or the sixties, whatever it was. Yeah, the, the yeah, that guy, the standard with the big time machine with the thing spinning in the background, and the yeah. Yes. So you remember his friend, who's kind of like a red-haired kind of dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's the voice of Scrooge McDuck that we know and love. Oh, wasn't he in the Darby O'Gill movie? Yes, 
He's oh my been God. in Darby Did you say Darby O'Gill? Yes, yeah, the Darby O'Gill Disney movie. I think that was him. With Sean Connery. And so, yeah, dude, I mean, he, he's he's the voice of – he's the vo- I don't know if he's in that movie, but if he is, good, good job. Nice, nice work. But he's the voice of Scrooge McDuck from the inception up until – a few years ago, when he was, he did like an ep, like one of those Mickey Mouse shorts where you know Scrooge McDuck gave Donald some movies with interest. You know what I mean? Like he was just he kind of just shows up every once in a while, but he stopped once David Tennant took over. He stopped, but but he's he's the voice of, of Scrooge McDuck, and but the way that Scrooge McDuck looks is fashioned off of the way they look. They, I mean, other than the triplets, but everyone else looks like they looked in the comics. You know, so it's kind of a strange kind of thing. They were kind of going for something different than what everyone else is used to. But the writing is smart. The jokes hit. You know, the the everything is just funny. It's it's a funny show. So if you watch it, Derek, you should watch. It. It's funny. It, it's you're not going to check out a couple episodes. I'm I'm down. It's, you're not going to waste your time. It's worth yeah, it, it. it's pretty fun. Uh, and it's I was cool. wrong. He was on Darby Gill, but he the actor you're talking about is Alan Young. Alan Young, yes, yes, he's Who awesome. Passed from this world in 2016, actually. National treasure. Yes, I suppose. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm not saying sure, no. Sure, why not? I mean, yeah, we'll give it to him. He was amazing yeah. as Rod, Rod, as Rod Taylor's foil in uh, in uh, in Time Machine. So that's just me. I've, yeah, I love Time Machine. He was awesome as the friend. He was great. The friend. <laughs> you know, the he's, that's what he is. That's what yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was good. So he community, like, uh, Bebel, you don't have one yet because you're. Uh, I, have, I have one actually. I, I don't know have, if I bought. I don't believe it. I have one, but it's kind of a downer. I mean, oh it, man, it, it, <laughs> there's not another one I've already picked. No, it is, and you probably know what? is. I have, hold on, I have a, something for you. Something for you. Just Derek. go, it's go, go, go. Slight fuck you in that sense. <laughs> <laughs> it's slight. Slight. It's a slight one. Just a slight, slight. one. It's it's a gentle, one. gentle, uh, slightly. I, I'm, so go ahead and put that in your pipe and smoke it, um, you goose-stopping moron. Anyways, oh, my so, gosh. <laughs> so my pick this week is actually uh, a true crime. Uh, oh, I definitely didn't pick this. I'm not into that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's on Netflix also. Uh, it's, is, it, uh, is it Tiger King? <laughs> it's Tiger King. It's not Tiger King. King. Just say it. <laughs> I thought that would be funny. No, but no. We talked about Tiger King enough on this series, on this season. I mean, I mean, it was that meme that came out that said, uh, "How crazy is 2020 when Tiger King was the most normal part of it?" You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so but no, my my pick is a is a is a four part uh, a limited series called uh, Jeffrey Epstein, Filthy Rich. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about. Oh, so yeah, okay, yeah. So I'm not gonna go too deep into it. Yeah, it's just kind of crazy every aspect of who this guy was and how much of a fucking dirtbag he was and uh, a complete and utter just sicko that the person garbage was. people, serious garbage people. And I mean, it's just, it just, it just goes to show you that in this world, that money does a lot to cover your. Kind of and cover who you are and what you didn't do. You also pick Tiber King a while back. I mean, isn't this I kind did, of in the same vein? <laughs> almost, almost garbage people. But, but Epstein is like I'm talking like he's the top of the fucking heap. And when you watch this, you start. And I knew some of the stuff, so I wasn't surprised at it. But 
I mean, when you start watching this series and you start looking at what's there, you're just like, what the fuck, dude? Like, you just get so mad at how someone like this could exist in the world and not have any repercussions on what he did, all because of how much money he made for certain people. And the funny thing is, is that there's a dude there who, there's a guy who kind of, and he, and it's crazy, but there's a guy who was his boss at, I think it was either Lehman Brothers or Goldman Sachs. And no, 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 it was, it was at some other company that the guy had created. It was a guy who had made his own company and he flat out says, yeah, we did a Ponzi scheme and someone told us that this guy would be perfect to run it. That's okay. And that, and he says it on the series, you know, like he, I was told by a friend of mine that I have somebody who's perfect to run your thing, run your Ponzi scheme. Those were his exact words. And, and, and Jeffrey Epstein ran the Ponzi scheme. And of course, Jeffrey Epstein didn't get, he got off. He didn't get in trouble for it really because everything was handled. Everything went to this guy who created the company who created the Ponzi scheme, and he even says it. He's like, but he is quite possibly, he's like, the, he's like, I'm not a nice person, but he is the one person that I regret ever being involved with. Jeez, dude. And, dude These it's, people, it's, it's, it's new. It just came out a couple days ago, didn't it? It just came yeah. out like last week, dude. And and it's, I mean, like I said, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but of course, wah, wah, wah. and it's it's good to watch for the sense of if you like true crime, if you like these documentaries, this is one of those good Netflix true crime documentaries, like the one about the pizza guy who blew up. I mean, it's just, you know, it's fucking crazy. And you just watch these things. You're like, why are these people, just like Tiger King, why are these people meant to exist in the world? And you just watch, it's like, this, this guy hurt so many people. And... It's just it bothers. No one did anything about it for the longest time. No one did time. anything about it, and you learn, and and, and you, you you talk to the police chief. They they, they interview the, the former police chief of Palm Beach, the guy who ended up being the labor secretary, who was the district attorney of the Southern District of Florida, who gave him a who gave Epstein a fucking sweetheart deal. I mean, it's just insane. All the twists and turns. Wasn't that right up the street from you guys? Wouldn't wouldn't all this most of this stuff happened in like. What West Palm or something like that in Florida? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. But that, a, that's not one at the street. That's like uh, it's like an hour and a half, like an hour, hour and a half from us. But yeah, yeah it's a stone's but throw. Still, but even still, I mean, the difference is, is that he had a multi-million dollar house right on the intercoastal in South Florida. Anybody in Florida knows where it is. And across the intercoastal, across the bay, you have trailer parks and people who need money. And he would have girls recruit other high school girls to come and be quote unquote masseuses at his house. Jeez. Scumbag. I mean, I mean, dude, it's the level of scumbaggery is insane. I love I mean, it. Scumbaggery. Yeah. That's my new word for the day. Hey, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. But either way, but if you guys want to have a top shelf, that's my top shelf for the week since I couldn't have Dota Hilo because you took it from me. I hate you. You took it from me. Hey, I was into that show before it was cool, huh? Fuck you, bro. <laughs> oh, man. Get those thick rimmed glasses out. <laughs> underground. Yeah. He's so oh, underground. Dude. He's so cool. Cool. Oh, cool. Goody, so what do you got? Right. 
What do you got, right. So first of all, um, I do want to say from the last time I mentioned I was talking about Assassin's Creed Black Flag. And in the time between then and now, I finally, I did complete it. Um, it was one of those things where I decided, you know, let me just hunker down and get to the main story. Uh, literally, I think the next day I finished it. Like, there was very little main story left for me to get through. So I finished Assassin's Creed Black Flag. I did the DLC, Freedom's Cry, got that done in a way. So now Assassin's Creed Black Flag is done. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll get into the next one in the list. Assassin's Creed Unity, the one that takes place in the French Revolution. Downloaded it, fire it up. And then when my screen block the screen, the map, the game map blossomed with tons of little icons and side missions and social stuff. And I'm like, oh no, 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 no. But here's what happens. My top shelf this week though, because moving beyond that, because I finally finished, I might put aside Assassin's Creed for a while. A game that I've been waiting for, but thanks to the current pandemic situation has been greatly delayed for me. And it is Persona 5 Royal. Okay. So the backstory for that game for me, is that I, the game? For, I got the original. It's a, it's a it's a kind of a re-release of the game with new content, songs, things have changed. Actually, they brought, they brought in like brand new music, new theme song, lots of different stuff. Actually, pretty drastic changes. The original game, Persona Five, came out I think in 2017, and then they just redid a lot of it in the two years, well, three year, uh, two years, two and a half years since. Um, and then the Persona Five Royal Edition, as they called it was released uh, in the U.S. on March 31st. Here's the thing, though. Um, March 31st was right in the midst of, if you remember, all this pandemic. So I had pre-ordered the game back in January or February when they released they announced the release date, paid it off at GameStop, um, and then all the GameStops shut down because of the pandemic. So the game release date came and went, and all that. Finally, oh, I was able no. to. No yeah. game. No, well, it didn't come out, right? It, it wasn't available because there was no one at the store. And then Fuck. once they, once like about midway through April, right? You know, because GameStop apparently was essential. You know what I mean? That's just. Well, know, they actually tried to there. go for that excuse for a while. And then they decided to shut down because they got a lot of bad press from like employees and people saying, you know, you're not essential. I mean, well, the argument was that since people are playing video games, they need to release and escape. And so, yeah, I get that. But. No, it was just bad press. So they shut down. Uh, and then the one by my house, and it was shut down for weeks, the one by my house, the one I had pre-ordered from, opened up again. And when it opened up, when I, when I was like driving to like, I don't know what I was, I think I was just driving to get out of the house. I saw that they had people there. And so they opened up and I would, and basically it was me calling once a week, four weeks to ask them, is Persona 5 come in? Because of the shutdown uh, and they had like closed their stores, they were waiting for shipments to come in. Lo and behold, Literally, I think last week on a whim, I decided to call them. Uh, so maybe eight or nine days ago, I called them and they said, oh, we have, somehow we have one copy in the store. I don't know how they got a copy. They said, they don't, even the guy that started doesn't know exactly how they got a copy, but he's like, it's just here for whoever picks it up. And I'm like, I pre-ordered it. He saw my pre-order and I, and, he, and I just told him, hold on to it. I'm going there right now. So what did I do? Got my gloves on, got my mask on, did all the social distancing that was needed. Out the into game. the danger zone. I, exactly. Exactly. Right into the danger zone. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I feel like I'm a hero to millions as a result. Um, but yeah, I finally got the copy of the game and I've been hooked on it. So yeah, that's my top shelf. Persona 5 Royal, partly because of how just it was like, you know, just kind of the hassle. I mean, I mean, look, there are, <laughs> there are people dealing with so much worse. And I got to say that dealing so, with so much worse during this pandemic, obviously. Um, me getting my little video game is like 
stupid. I get that. But yeah. FWP, Goody. That's FWP. <laughs> so, the, moving past anyway, that comment. The point um, is, the point it? is that... You played yeah, it? Yeah, I've played it. I've been playing it. It's been... And it's everything I love from Persona. The art style, the music, just kind of the stylishness, the stylish style that it has, the anime sequences they put in it. Just... Everything about it. It is everything I loved about Persona 4. It was everything I loved about Persona 3. Um, it, I just, uh, yeah, man, it's great. The it social looks like they took that pixel shading art style from back in the day and ramped it up to 11. Yeah, and I, I mean, you're watching an anime in action and you're watching, and, then, and there's also anime like cutscenes. Um, I'm playing it. I was going to try to play it with the, uh, you know, Japanese with subs. Um, I, I was like, no, I'm not going to bother with that because part of the reason is because um, I already have a game like that, Tokyo Mirage Sessions for the Switch, and I have it. It's 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 all Japanese voice acting with English subs, but the problem is that like when you're in the in like battle sequences, it's an RPG. The battle sequences, um, they don't put subs for when the characters banter with enemies or whatever. So I don't know yeah. what they're saying or doing. So you miss out on a lot of the back and forth. I, well, and that little back and forth I like. And so I decided to just, and I, from what I saw, you can have a Japanese, but also sub and the subs do appear even during, you know, mid battle banter. But it, people were, you know, reviews I saw was it like, you know, when I, I actually looked up what is better, subbed or dubbed. And everyone's like, well, the dub is pretty good. I mean, everyone's like, subs forever, but the dub is pretty good. Um, but one person said like, yeah, you can have it subbed. And, you know, even in battle, mid-battle banter, it'll appear, but it can be very distracting. So I decided, you know what, just go for the, go for the full English dub. And, um, and I haven't been, it's, I don't find it grading at all. It's pretty good. I like the yeah, voice acting is pretty good, you know, and, um, yeah, it's a fun game. I played it. Uh, it's again, one of those games. It's a super long game. I mean, from what I heard, from what I've read, the original version of the game is, uh, about a hundred hours or so. Damn. Yeah. Um, this new version added another twenty or thirty hours to it. Holy! So shit. like, yeah, because they, a- they added like because it takes place during like a school year and all there's a lot of high school type and social connections and all that, and they added like another like I don't know x number of months and more additional storyline and all that to it. Like they really this is not just like a a remake. It's like they added a whole lot more to it and adjusted to it. To make this the one might argue the maybe the better I don't know but like definitive version of it so it's um it's pretty cool it's a great game that's so awesome. yeah Persona Five Royal that's my top shelf this yeah, week that's awesome good job yeah man I don't even fault you for for doing dub honestly a lot of times depending on what you're watching sometimes just keeping up with subtitles and the animation that you're trying to watch is hard to do and, and it, it takes away from the story sometimes so. Um, I'm not always one of those people that's like dubs forever or subs forever. Are you are you are you, are you, are you otaku, dude? Because if you're otaku, you can't do that. Uh, I, I don't know. Or I maybe he's an a, adult that just likes what he likes and he sees the, maybe, the, the value of both go. sides of an argument. There maybe, you maybe, go. Maybe that's the case. Goody, my so, man. So, yeah. speaking, of, speaking of which, of making a decision as an adult, Derek... As uh, since the last two movies, including Everybody Wants Some and Die Hard, have been kind of birthday things because Goody was birthday was May fourteenth and mine was is coming up this weekend. Uh, what movie? Happy birthday, as- by the way! Happy birthday! Oh, thank you. 
birthday. Happy birthday to me. Oh, no. Anyway. No, no. <laughs> so, uh, says Derek, uh, we started this podcast a little late, and we didn't have your birthday since so your birthday was earlier in the year since we started. I wanted to make sure that, you know, as a birthday present to you, dude, we have you choose. And and from here on out, each week, one of us will pick a movie based on the letter. And uh, since we're doing it the last couple weeks, might as well just move along with it. And each week is going to be something different for everybody. So, you know, Derek, have you chosen a motion picture for our F letter, letter F of the list? Yeah, yeah. So uh, in the same vein as, you know, Everybody Wants Some and the transition to Charlie Bartlett, um, I think it makes a lot of sense to have something upbeat, something positive, something everybody can kind of have some fun with and get away from the turmoil of the world. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. All right. Yes. Yes. Ferris. Bow, Ferris. Bow. You can't have my car. Hey, car look, no. look bow, we'll, we'll enjoy it and we'll all be righteous <laughs> dudes, okay? Yes, we will. Oh, righteous. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So much going to enjoy this movie. Go, I love go. this movie every time I see it. Can we sing, can we sing the song by uh, No, young, actually, we uh, can't. No, we can't. No, by young Wayne Newton. Come on, Goody. Not, not even. Do it, Goody. Nope. I'm out. That's it. Let me hear you, Goody. Nope. Come on. No, man. Don Move it along. Shane, darling, Donka Shane. Oh, my God. Anyways, <laughs> all right. So, uh, the, next, the next picture we'll be talking about will be the seminal 80s. Once again, the 80s. We got an 80s thing going on. I don't understand it, but let's do it, man. Let's roll. I'm down with it. The seminal 80s John Hughes classic known as Ferris Bueller's Day Off, uh, starring, of course, the great national treasure, Matthew Broderick. Yep, yep, Matthew Broderick and... and Jennifer uh, Grey. Jennifer Audra, Grey. Or, or uh, Mia Sara, who plays Sloan. Mia Sara. Mm, yes. So, yes. There's even a bit of a cameo by uh, Charlie Sheen. Yep. There is? Where is he in the movie? When Jennifer Grey's sister to goes to the don't tell him. Oh, okay, all right, all right, all right. I have all right. to watch. All right. Oh yes, yes, that's right, that's right. Anyway, don't do it. Don't say it. Don't say it. I realize it now. Keep it secret for the fans. He's oh just, my he plays, gosh! He plays the wild thing. He's a wild thing. <laughs> you gotta watch. You gotta watch. There's uh, the character who plays Ed Rooney is hysterical. There's Charlie Sheen. There's. Uh, even Ben Stein. Do you guys remember Ben Stein? Jeez, yes. That well, awesome. He's the iconic, that moment in the movie, man. Bueller. Bueller. Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. We can't we can't take it all. We, we got the <laughs> whole right, episode go. for this. All right, so good. All right, cool. So, so next episode, we will be talking about Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Everybody listen up. Once again, uh, like, share, subscribe uh, the podcast. We're enjoying every minute of doing this for you guys. Uh, just let us know if you have any questions. Uh, our social media handles are as follows. I am at Jubase79 on Twitter. Um, also, for the podcast, uh, we're also on Instagram at Movies on the Rocks 2020. Uh, Derek, what's your social media handle? Yeah, so find me on Twitter uh, at DB underscore Arrow. That's A E R O. And uh, I'm happy to, uh, you know, argue with you if you want. As always, we appreciate you guys listening to us. We're going to have this out as soon as possible. And in a, a, a week or two, we will have uh, our take on Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Um, any And as far as like every episode, we have a little parting little shot. Um, I think this week is going to be perfect with 
just two words. Raw dog. Raw dog. Raw dog. Oh, my God. Raw dog. Raw dog. <laughs> All right. So, uh, everybody, have a good night. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Later, Gator. Gator.